Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of the Black Jackson Estate Podcast, episode 24. This is our turkey episode, y'all. This is our Thanksgiving episode, and we are super happy to be here and to share this moment with the Michael Jackson fan community, new fan members and OG fan members alike. We love you. There's always something new and exciting happening in the world of Michael Jackson. And we love catching up with everybody and talking about it. So welcome everybody to this episode. We've got a really good show planned and we know you're going to enjoy it whenever you listen to this, whether you're trying to escape your family members during the holidays, because I know that's needed sometimes, or you just are like, I got to check out the latest episode. We know you're going to love it. So welcome, welcome, welcome. I am the hostess with the mostest. That's just a fact. You know what I'm saying? Uh yeah and, now we're reaching um, reaching there's always a hater and they show up right on time that was like mm. on cue for hating mm. like the hateration as mary mm. j blige said we don't need it don't need no hateration uh, but either way go ahead hostess with is, the most usual one is here i'm glad to be in the service one more time and i am joined by my sister user 1.5 What's up, using 1.5? Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome to our Turkey Day episode. Or I don't know if this is dropping on Turkey Day, but that's not the point. If it's after Turkey Day or even before, I hope you ate too much, drank too much, and enjoyed yourself. Yeah, I think it's going to be around that time. And so because I think it's needed. You know how when you're with the fam and at a mm-hmm. certain point, you're like, okay, I'm yeah. good. I need yeah. to check out. Even if I can't physically check out, I need well, to Well, we mentally... have the same family members, so. Yeah. Right, but I'm just saying if you are yeah, on no, the same I, wavelength. Would, this, yeah. No, we're pretty much on the same wave, wavelength because we start texting about it. Like, mm. outside, mm. front porch, okay, looking out the window. Go. Let's go to Alaska, <laughs> see if Walmart's still open. Yeah, um, it gets real hairy at some point. So hopefully we can, and if you're not celebrating with family because of COVID or for whatever reasons, we hope that we can add a little joy to your holiday. And if you are not in America, so you're like, I don't even know what y'all talking about with all this Thanksgiving. That's so American. America. It is. It is. That's still cool because we hope that you are still eternally thankful for your life, the family, the friends, everybody and everything that you have and that you that spirit of this holiday that we celebrate here in America reaches you wherever you are in the world. And so we're just excited. Um, If you guys haven't noticed yet, we're really short one voice. We're short, a short person and we're short her voice. User two is unfortunately unable to join us today. She is absolutely under the weather i spoke to her and she sounded like marge simpson and we just didn't feel like exposing you guys to that sort of um negativity so we are wishing that she gets well yes get well soon ash cash get well soon you my beloved Mm-hmm. We love you dearly, and we we do miss you on this here episode. But we need you to get your strength up for the fight ahead. Everybody knows uh, if you listen to our podcast, you do know that User Two is deep into politics, and she's Team Blue. So uh, she's got a lot of fighting to do because the guy they picked that we voted for is struggling. So we need her to get her strength back so she can go fight the good fight and do the Lord's work. So user two, big shout out. We wish you well, get better. And we will talk to you soon. We are really sure of that. So 
we're going to go ahead and jump right into it. Um, this episode is really special um, because it's, it's an episode that uh, is appropriate for the month, it's appropriate for the time, and it actually is a real milestone in the Michael Jackson timeline and it's something that the fans are always marking, and that is the anniversary dates of uh, different albums. And this month, the month of November, the year 2021, makes 30 years since Michael Jackson released Dangerous. And tonight, we're actually going to unpack seven of those singles from the album, and we're going to talk about how we feel about their song, the, those songs, the lasting impact those songs have, um, not just as fans, but in pop music, in Black music, uh, in American music, in world music. Michael Jackson is a global icon. We can't say it enough. We could say it 10 times on this podcast, and it still wouldn't be enough to truly measure how much of an impact Michael Jackson has had on the world of music um, and in people's lives. It is tremendous. It is immeasurable. It is unmatched. It is what it is. Um, he is the king of pop for a reason. And this album is a part of that reason. So we're going to be tearing it apart. We're going to be talking about these songs, what we love about them, what we eh, could have did a little without, you know, maybe a little less Panther dance. I don't know. We're going to go. We're going to we're going to give you our raw thoughts. We're going to give you some historical points. It's going to be a good episode. You guys are really going to love it. And so we hope you stick around and uh, we hope after the show's over and after you've listened to it and you thought about it and you kind of got into it, you shoot us a message, you send us a video message, you send us a, a text, you send us a tweet. Um, you probably can't text us unless you get our phone number. Um, you do something. Let us know that you, how you felt about it, if you enjoyed it, what you thought we got right, what we got wrong, what you differed on, what you wish we would have explored. Um, and we love to communicate and have that feedback uh, with the fellow members of the MJ fan and people who follow this podcast. So that's where we're headed tonight. And we're so excited to have you guys here. We are amped to do this episode. It's one of my favorite uh, albums from Michael Jackson, Dangerous, um, and is the album that I can have some sort of remembering from as a child because I was just a baby um, in 1991. So that's where we're headed. We're really excited. So stick with us, MG fan. So, so we're actually going to kick it to user two, who we told you is not here, but is actually going to record a message because she loves y'all so much. Giving a shout out to our show sponsor for today. User two, take it away. Ooh, this is the spirit of User two. User two. Here to give you this episode sponsor, episode 24 is coming to you on behalf of Lucia Woods. Thank you, Lucia Woods, for being a donor. You are now user 10. Won't you please be more like Lucia? www.paypal.me forward slash black jack estate. This on the cash app, BLK Jack estate. In the world, I think we can all appreciate that uh, times are tight. You know, if inflation is really bad here, outside of inflation just being bad, uh, the rent is too damn high. And um, so we definitely understand that it, it really is a sacrifice and a labor of love and a showing of love to turn around and give your money that you work really hard for to something that you just don't have to. So we really appreciate it. If you want to give, you can pause us right now or you can wait till this is over and you can go to PayPal and we're there at uh, Black Jack Estate. You can give at Cash App, dollar sign, BLK Jack Estate. 
As always, you can follow us on social media. User one here, I'm running the tweets. So that's me that you see out there. User 1.5 is on Instagram. She is currently in the middle of a campaign to harass Stephanie Mills to come on our podcast. Miss Stephanie, please come on our podcast. Please. Oh, she's in a campaign of begging Miss Stephanie Mills to come on our podcast. Please, 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 please. Please, Miss Stephanie, we support you, Queen. We support you, Queen, but we need to talk. We need to talk about some things. And you want to get some things off your chest. So if Miss Stephanie Mills, if you are listening to this or anybody who knows, loves, and cares for her is listening to this, please ask her to check her DMs because she ain't even read my message. You still on that. And she's going to, but, you know, diligence, you know. Faith without works is dead. It's you dead, know? folks. We got to work on say. her. We working mm-hmm. on her. Yep. And I got the faith. Miss Stephanie's going to come through. She's going to come yeah, through. She really if might, I got to go know? to a show and stand outside all night, I'm going to talk to Miss Stephanie Mills one day. We're going to ask uh-huh. her some things mm-hmm, about her washing Michael's drawers and whatnot. Yeah, I got some questions about that. When I think of home, we'll even read <laughs> if you want us to sing the song, we'll do it. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, so she's in the middle of that campaign. It's not going well, folks. So send your thoughts and prayers uh to use a 1.5's way. She's working on it. You never know. Christmas time is upon us, and all the kind of miracles happen because it's joy Tis to the, the world. Season. Tis, Tis the, the season. season. Mm-hmm. User two. If you want to find user two, you cannot, as you know, if you don't know why you got to go back and listen to some other episodes, but the Twitter ride, definitely got her. So she's out there just lurking under, <laughs> she's under the, under the, um, she under, she under the baseboards. Yeah. She under the baseboards and Twitter, but either way, y'all know where to find us. Um, if you love us, you hate us, you want to send us some fan fiction, you want to send us an email, do it. Uh, we love reading. We love corresponding. We've talked to people at this point from all over the world. We love hearing from people everywhere. We especially love hearing from folks um, in the diaspora. And um, we love everybody, though. And so if you want to email us, the theblackjacksonestate at gmail.com is how you can find us. So that's that. And we look forward to hearing and talking to you soon. So our last episode was all about, my, uh, all about Michael Jackson's spooky season because he is the king of spooky season we dissected some of the videos that helped elevate him to that status and we loved it and we loved hearing you guys' feedback we're so glad that you enjoyed the show um and uh yeah man we appreciate y'all checking us out uh halloween is always a time when fans really elevate michael because he kind of is the king of spooky season wouldn't you agree using 1.5 uh, he definitely is. And as soon as Thriller hit that top 100 um, billboard in October, all the fans came out of hiding like roaches when the when the lights go off. And I feel like and, we talk uh, about this. I feel like we talk about this every year about how the fans push Thriller. But it's not just the fans. It It's definitely a fan effort, but it's not just mega fans or super fans doing this. It's people. It's just everybody because literally. it's such an iconic song and video in the season it really is i mean we were in mexico hell so user one and i were in mexico since the last time we 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 spoke with you guys and they were playing michael on the party boat in the middle of the damn sea of cortez uh what song was it It wasn't thriller it was i don't know what song was it was it thriller it was thriller they were playing it yeah because it was halloween day wasn't it 
Mm-hmm. And they were playing Michael all the way in Mexico. So Michael is universal, as we all know, but that song is iconic. You can't have a spooky season without, that's like Mariah and uh, that damn Christmas song everybody play every other day. Oh, no, no I'm fucking yes. Yes. It's that. a good song. Mariah, shout out to Mariah Carey. Um, yeah, Michael just, he be killing it, man, every year. And it's like the fans go in turbo mode. <laughs> It's like, got to get through the number they one. I'm like, let me tell you how I'm not buying up. up. And now listen, now I love Michael, but I'm not buying no more thrillers. Okay, I'm good. I think I have bought in my lifetime. I can't even tell you how many thrillers I bought in my lifetime. I can't even tell you. I was buying thrillers back when you had to, when CDs was the, the zing. And I know those people who were older mm-hmm. who were buying it on cassette and vinyl. Like that was your original, you know, like introduction but when we were buying it i was buying the cds and i would run the cd would be raggedy like skips all over it because i would listen to it so much i have to go buy another copy i'm good but i'm i'm a stream it but i'm good i'm not buying no more i'm good i'm set but anyway we appreciate that effort i think sometimes like um i don't i don't necessarily <laughs> i'm like i'm not gonna go do that but i can appreciate the fans who really commit themselves to saying this is what i I have the time. <laughs> I have the time, you know, and I'm going to commit myself to pushing this because that's how much I love Michael. I actually think that's really cool. So um, shout out to the Halloween episode and we're glad you guys enjoyed it. We appreciate your feedback on that episode. We read everything. So thank you and continue to let us know how you like the show and the different uh, topics that we're choosing. And if you think we need to explore other ideas, definitely uh, send us an email or shoot us a tweet send us a DM and we will get to it. So you guys hear that music? That's iconic music now. I don't know who we stole it from. It's iconic news. It's the news, man. There's always some news. News time. (laughs) News time. All right. Anyway. All right. So the news most recently let's start let's let's keep it moving with the halloween thing thriller nights charity so prince jackson is carrying on the historic legacy of his late father by hosting the annual uh thriller night halloween costume party at the jackson's havenhurst mansion in encino california on october 29th the event was an immersive haunted house with proceedings benefit the keel los angeles foundation and for the first time, guests got to enjoy live performances, including a stand-up comedy show from comedian Chris Tucker. Um, <laughs> I just can't pivot into that like that. Hold on. <laughs> Use a 1.5. Um, there was a lot of chatter online on Twitter in the uh, in the news world about that Halloween event. Actually, mm-hmm. um, MJ Fangirl was there. I was so excited to see she got to go. She um, if was. You, if you haven't checked out her video, she kind of walked you through her experience. So you felt like you were there. I felt like I was there. Yeah, definitely felt like I was there watching it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you haven't checked her video out, um, she's at MJ Fangirl on Twitter and she's also has her YouTube channel. If you haven't checked her video out yet of her being at the charity event. Definitely, definitely, definitely go watch it. It is not a waste of your time and it's only like 20 minutes long and you really will feel like you were there. Um, but use 1.5. Uh, what's your feedback? What do you think about that event? How do you feel about uh, Prince? Um, his his charitable efforts. What's your what's your feedback? 
You know, Prince Jackson, you know, I feel like he's 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 the good boy. You know, he really does a lot. So the Heal the LA Foundation um, or Heal the Heal Los Angeles Foundation, excuse me, is actually his foundation that he um, that he kind of came up with um, to go kind of in, uh, in conjunction with the Heal the World Foundation, which, you know, Michael started. And he's just a good kid. And he really, like, if you watch some of the interviews where he's talking about the event, he really wanted to feel like his dad was there. Um, And he really wanted to do something that his dad would have been proud of, but he also wanted to do something for the fans. Last year, I know that they did it. It was virtual. He teamed up with Omarion to do it. Um, And this year, he really wanted the fans to be able to be more interactive, more of a part of it. Um, If you watch MJ Fangirl's um, video about it, Obviously, we didn't get to go, but um, the haunted house part, I think she was like shaking. She was like, I'm still shaking. Like, like, so I think it was a good event. He had Chris Tucker there. There were so many other celebrities there. Uh, Paris was there. I don't think nobody saw BG. Did we see BG? Yeah, he was there walking around in that he was there. That, he oh. is me. He is my spirit animal. I would have been in my sweats like y'all in my house. <laughs> right. He was like, I'm at the house. I'm, um, I'm, I'm but, chilling. And matter of fact, I'm not going to be down here long. Y'all let yourselves out. Be blessed. Right. I mean, you know, he just I think he was there by default. But, you know, it's Taj helped um, helped uh, Prince put it together. And I just think it was a really good event. It's fun. And again, this is something that maybe the estate should adopt. Because Michael is the king of spooky season. This is such an easy way to give fans something. Well, I think other than was, I think there was a big thank you, John Branca sign. So I think he's been involved. Oh, okay. In All um, right. Well, I think I'm, I'm just telling what I what, what I, I'm pretty okay. sure that, well, that, that I did see that that was there. But you, you said Prince did is the good John boy. John put that up to himself. Maybe. You said Prince is the good boy. Like, so what's BG the bad boy? No, BG just stay his ass. You're in not the gonna house. do blanket. No, that baby survived being put over that balcony. You're not gonna do him. He's he's a a sweet sweet boy. Okay, but but Prince is the he's the one that we all hung our hats on in the beginning. Actually, I think we kind of hung our hats on Paris a little bit, but then that went left a little. Well, where well, but you know what? She was there too. So I'm glad that they all were there because let me tell you how hard it is to get all siblings to show up for something for their parent. There's always someone. Who decides to Ooh. be shade? Shade. I like I'm talking about my life. I'm gonna shade. Stop but anyway, they all showed up. They were all there, and I think that's really the important thing. And I really liked um, how they interacted with the fans, took pictures with the fans, mm-hmm. um, because they really are celebrities. Not because they've done what their father has done, but by extension of their father, right. the fans really love uh, them the way that they love Michael. And so I think it was really cool that they were all there and they all participated in that way. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think Prince, Prince is just, he's, he's a cool kid. Like, and I say kid, that's a grown man, but that's a cool dude. Um, I think he just, he takes it seriously. The legacy that was left to him, his father's charitable legacy, he takes it so seriously and he continues to, show that it's important to him that he cares about his city he reps his city for real for real for real mm-hmm. like kill la you know what i mean so it's like shout out to prince jackson he's still doing the hard work he's still organizing and saying it's not about me it's about somebody else and what i can do to help somebody else so shout amen out man and amen mm-hmm. god bless that young man 
You know what? I also thought was cool that Chris Tucker was there. Um, I think the a fans love Chris Tucker. Yeah, yeah a, lot a lot of people, people were there. Were um, there. Who, who else was there? Um, I don't know. see. This is what we need to we need to call MJ Fangirl and have her give us. We the really scoop. do. She be we going to, to all the stuff. She done made it to thirtieth anniversary. She we need to dial her in. And let me be clear. You said we weren't there. We weren't invited. Um, and we didn't have the money. Uh, so there's that. Those both of those okay. two points I want to add. But yeah. I feel like somebody <laughs> dropped the ball. You said on that. we weren't there. Like we just chose not to. Well, we weren't there. We didn't have we tickets. Were, we were in Mexico. That's we're why we Mexico. weren't there. Yes. Yes, yeah. you know that's a, no. And that's I not the why like we weren't there. That's not why we weren't there. Somebody, but we were in Mexico. Somebody's yeah. gonna get a call, email, a strongly worded email about why the Black Jackson Estate was not invited. That's all who I got to say. Who you sending it to? John Brank. <laughs> that, that that see, I about to call him a name. Never mind. Let me not even say that. That man, if he knows about us, is plotting our demise. Anyway, so. Really happy that that event is still going on. It's so cool. They had the whole, they had all of Michael, a lot of Michael memorabilia up that they didn't have up in past years. MJ Fanger, again, like if you guys have not seen her video, please go check it out. And if you've checked it out already, watch it again because you probably missed something really cool. It's just a, it's a good, uh, I'm glad she did it. Um, their other fans were there too. So it looked like everybody had a good time. So shout out to Prince Jackson and the, uh, uh, Heal Los Angeles Foundation uh, for their charitable event at Havenhurst. We are moving along. We've got a quick update on Taj's documentary. We really need user two right now, y'all. I'm going to tell you why. She, I believe, had an opportunity to tune into Taj's live stream. I did not. I don't I think user it. Okay, user 1.5, you did. Okay, well, wonderful. We don't need user I, 2. I Strike what I said that. from the record about needing user 2. We, user do two need, you, we need user 2 as well, my little beloved Marge. Marge, we don't need <laughs> you right now. However, we do love you. Okay, so uh, our user 1.5, well, you got to see some of this. So tell us a little bit about that live stream. This happened, uh, I think, a week ago. Uh, the it was day on the that 13th. Is a, on the 13th, Taj, mm-hmm. uh, he he let everybody know he was going to go live. He was going to be updating us on his documentary. So give us a, a, a snapshot of what that was. Now, I have to be honest. So it's so the I watched it after the fact. I didn't watch it live because I had other things to do. But um, it's about an hour and 20 minutes. I made it through about 30 to 45 of those minutes before I turned it off. So I'm going to be 100% transparent. Um Taj did give uh, the hi- the biggest takeaway that I got from it. The, the biggest highlight was that he was taking a break, that he took a break from social media, um, which is why we haven't seen him too often on on the Twitters and everything. Um, but he's still working behind the scenes. He said that there's a lot of things that are happening that he can't talk about because it would somehow compromise, you know, the estate as a whole. But he's still working. He spent the first good bit just answering questions some of which were didn't have anything to do with the documentary um but he basically said just because you don't see stuff happening doesn't mean stuff isn't happening so if i tell my boss that if i ask if my boss asks for an update at work right Uh yeah just because you don't see stuff happening exactly don't mean it ain't exactly yep well, since I don't have no boss right now and I am the boss, I can't try that out. Exactly. Um, but if I yeah. tell my client, um, client, 
Because mm-hmm. you don't see stuff happening. Yeah. Don't mean it ain't happening. The reality is perception is reality. So you better tell people something. And I think the the weird thing is that he gave an an uh, an affirmation a a he gave a promise or a something akin to a promise to update people on a regular, and that kind of fell yeah. off as well. And yeah. sometimes, and you know, this is what I've learned in business. And as y'all know, I'm an attorney. Sometimes matters take a long time to resolve themselves, but you still have to put some things in place so clients know what's going on right so even if nothing's happening i send an email that says nothing's happening you know what i mean it it just says that well hey this is what's going on this is where we are but i do it every month every month like you can expect it like (sighs) clockwork so i'm not gonna tell you i'm gonna do that and then i do it but anyway i just feel like maybe that's a good point to he can he if he ever listens to us he probably does and grits his teeth because we really kind of that's why he gave us an update Man, we throw one. him against the wall a, a couple of times, <laughs> but I think sometimes you need it. You need to be, you need somebody yeah. to say, hold on a second. You got to do a little better. And that's, I think all we're really saying. Um, I definitely, amen to a social media break it is, it can be a very toxic place. And it's not like, you know, they're he- healing, you know, it's not like there's a cure to cancer in getting on Twitter every day. Like it's not, I mean, if you want to, that's cool. But also I think sometimes I'm sure he feels pressure to be, available and to post and that's not fair for him to feel that if he does so and he has a family he has obligations so he needs to balance out i think everybody could use a social media there's some people who i who shall remain nameless that i think need to take a social media break uh because they do a lot and um it's time to go sit down to go lay Mm -hmm. down Mm -hmm. um but i won't i won't call any handles out but anyway read go ahead so what else he said um, you know, that's, that's, that's all that I really got through. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, like I said, I'm gonna keep it real all the way trill. Um, that's all I got through. And honestly, so how long was that? It it was about, I got, did about you listen to at least half of minutes. it? I got 30 to okay. 45 minutes in of an hour. 30 to 45 is a real stretch. So was it closer to the 30 or closer to the 45? It was closer to 30 to 45. <laughs> so I, 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 you know, I said what I said, you know, it's closer to 3045. So I will say this about Taj. Uh-huh. I know I give him a hard time on this podcast. You do. You're the worst. And I you're think you're the worst. That I, you drag okay, that okay. man by you okay. drag that man by his ears. You do. I, sometimes people deserve it. This is why I give him a hard time. I'm gonna you like this. Florida Evans. You like Florida. <laughs> Damn. Like, Damn. It's like JJ just can't live. You always got a uh, you got an opinion. You don't want Black Jesus hanging in your house. We get well. It. Here's the reason I give Taj a what high Florida time. because Taj right now. I'm not saying he doesn't have a family. I'm not saying he does, but but really, he's not working on any music. He I said had a wife and two children who love me. Is that what Taj saying? Right and now? Michael Listen. still came out with a whole damn album. Okay, <laughs> so all I'm saying is this. I understand he has other obligations and other things that he has to do, but he's not working on an album. Whether he has another full-time job, I I, I can't say. Maybe he drives for Uber at night. I don't know. But I'm going to tell you this right here. I give him a hard time because in the world that we live in, where the rest of us are working and delivering on a schedule. Not the rest of us. (laughs) Okay. I expect that when you're raising, you're gonna drag them again. Go ahead, (laughs) wrap it up, wrap it up. You are you like gearing up to drag this man? All I'm saying is, Taj, we we believe in you, and we're still supporting. (laughs) 
We're still supporting you. We just want you to do something else. Listen, okay? That was a period. You know, let this period that. He's Thank raised you. some more money. Go go give him the stats. Okay. Wonderful. Go ahead and give him the stats. Taj's goal is seven, 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 eleven. Okay, listen, I don't know if y'all have listened to the new Silk Sonic album which dropped last Friday. There's a Michael Jackson reference on it. And thing, it is on the song 777. I'll let y'all figure that out if they set that up on purpose. They probably did. Anyway, Taj's goal is $777,000. That is his goal to raise uh, the funding he feels that he needs for his project. Um, as of uh, this episode, we are looking at a total to go $241,451. That's USD's baby and I could use that in my account. So if y'all want to um, give to me, I got student loans and Joe Biden don't look like he's going to come through. So anyway, that number is 31.04% to his goal of 777. Okay. And from our last episode, that's an increase of $1,447. So he is still steadily raising money. Um, and that's a good thing. I think we just need to see a little more product. Uh, we need a little less secrecy, uh, a little more privacy, a little more and a little more intimacy. Um, as it would be. Um, okay. So. Mm hmm. Yeah. We are excited for you, Taj. We still believe. We support um, you, Taj. We support you. We I believe in you something. and me. I believe that we could be in documentary eternally. I don't know. Uh, but um, we're, we're, we're excited about the vision that he has. And we really hope others are collaborating and helping him bring it to uh, a reality. And I think it would be really cool to see some updates that are substantive. Um, but I know fans appreciate the lives that he does. So on the other side, it would be nice to see, as we are seeing with another documentary, um, which is called Trial by Media, we are seeing some very substantive updates. And we do know that he also sat down for that documentary. So shout out to Taj for continuing to um, hold the mantle um, high. And that's all I have to say about that. We are moving real fast into our fan fiction section. Y'all, we love fan fiction. Let me be really clear. User one loves a good fan fiction. I love to be transported to a different world in a different time, in a different place, in a different state of mind. And Michael Jackson fan community got some real writers up in there. So we are always shouting out some fan fiction. So user 1.5, what do you got? We got a submission. What did, what, did, what, what did we get here? We do have a submission. So we got an email from Nicole, a.k.a. Only Loving MJ. And she says, hi, ladies. I love the work y'all are doing with your podcast and really enjoyed your latest spooky season episode. Obviously, I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan, and I have, I have been writing fan fiction featuring him since I was pretty young. I recently finished a lifelong project that I am proud of and would love to share. Since finishing the book, I started writing single chapter daydreams to keep myself entertained. I hope your audience love this, loves this. So... Thank you, Nicole, for submitting uh, your fanfic, especially your lifelong episode, or I'm sorry, your lifelong uh, writing. And I'm going to read a little bit of that for these guys because it's really good. And I'm going to give them a little snippet so that they can come, they can go read it themselves, okay? 
So the name of the episode or the, the book that she has written is called I See Your Soul. And we're ready. It's summer 1979 when Michael Jackson turns 21 and releases off the wall and meets his first love. Nicole says, you're in hotels a lot, huh? Michael, yes. Most would pause to wonder how often a lot is, but Michael didn't. He answered very matter-of-factly. Nicole could relate on the feeling of loneliness, being the only child of two hardworking parents. She watched his hands continue to play on the table, now reaching for the dish of sugar packets. He pulled out two, tipping them together like a teepee, then mirrored the motion with two more. Nicole, you seem like a lonely person. I am too. She wasn't sure what propelled the words. Instantly, Nicole felt the urge to apologize. Still pinching the sugar, Michael's eyes drifted up to hers, meeting for a second before looking away again. There was something about this stranger, maybe the softness in his bashful smile that Nicole felt like she could trust. And if not, oh, well, she'd never see him again anyway. Then, Michael, then we should be friends. We can be lonely together. And I'm going to leave it right there because y'all don't get no more. Y'all don't get no more. We're going to put this link in the show notes and you are going to go read the rest of this story. Thank you, Nicole. God bless you. you. We love you. Thank you, Nicole. We love a good fanfic. If you love to get lost in the story, the fanfics that we're highlighting are stories that will take you there. Okay. I'll take you there. Y'all know y'all like when I add songs to whatever I'm saying. Anyway, these are stories that will take. (laughs) You don't have to ask. Nobody asked for that. I know what you need. Okay. These Mm. songs will, these songs, these stories will take you there. Um, And like I said before, there's some fanfic writers out here that don't even know they're writing themselves into college. They are honing those skills with the pen. Pen gonna be sick. Okay. And then for others, it is just a passion and it's something that brings you joy. And guess what? We need more joy in this world. So keep writing those fanfics because we're definitely like legit reading them. Um, I know everyone's busy. I'm the sort of person when I get a day that is like, okay, I don't have to do a whole lot. I don't have to do anything or I schedule a day. Like I don't do anything or weekend. I really do pick up these things that I enjoy and then get into them because it's not like I get to do it every day. So I love good stories. I love a good fanfic. Thank you, Nicole, for that submission. We are going to drop in the show notes, all the links for how you can find this story and, and keep reading it and find out what happens next and really enjoy it. And her short stories. She has quite a few short stories as well. So check check Nicole out. Check her out. Right. So we got we got a cadre of you got options, baby. And everybody loves an option. Okay. So uh that's that. So thank you so much for your submission. If you want to submit a fanfic to us, email us the fanfic at the Black Jackson Estate at gmail.com. Um, we will definitely check it out and incorporate it into a, a, f- a future episode. Uh, and we are not, uh, we are not, uh, deciders of the quality. We have some lines. Don't do nothing weird. Don't put Michael and Janet together and send it to us. I will not be promoting that. And I know some of y'all nasty like that and you've done it. 
I won't be promoting that, okay? We don't do that over here, okay? We are from the South. We, uh-uh, we don't do oh, that. That's okay? not good. That's not a good, we from the South. That's not a good reason. It is no. a good reason. No, because you're in West Virginia. Folks. Southern part of America. No, they from okay. West Virginia. It's in the name. That's it. Okay. It's <laughs> okay. in the name. Mm-hmm. Okay. All, All right. right. So anyway, send us what you got. We want to read it. We want to promote it. We want to share it with the rest of the Michael Jackson fan community. So we are moving swiftly into the meat and potatoes of our episode. User 1.5 put together a really good um, episode for us today. And so user 1.5, take it away. Yes, yes, yes. So today we are talking about Dangerous, Dangerous, the Dangerous album from Michael Jackson. It was his eighth studio album and it was released November 26th, 1991, which is 30 years ago today or yesterday or two days from now, whenever you guys are listening to this podcast um dangerous is one of my favorite albums i said about all of them though i really okay i'm not credible i said about all of them but anyway dangerous is a great album uh it was produced by michael jackson bill botrell teddy riley and bruce swidin may he rest in peace uh and it featured appearances from heavy d princess stephanie of monaco slash and rex and effect 12 of the album's 14 songs were written or co-written by Michael Jackson, and it discusses topics such as racism, poverty, romance, self-improvement, and the welfare of children around the world. And that is a theme that runs through all of Michael's albums, as we all know. This was Michael's first album away from Quincy Jones. First solo album away from Quincy Jones. Quincy had produced Off the Wall, Thriller, and Bad for Michael. And he wanted to do something new. So it featured R&B, but it also features New Jack Jack Swing. And for people who don't know what New Jack Swing is, New Jack Swing is a fusion of rhythm and production techniques of hip hop and dance pop and urban contemporary. And it forms this, it formed this new sound. Uh, and Teddy Riley was really one of the, one of the innovators of, of new Jack swing. Uh, it debuted number one dangerous did on the billboard top 200 charts and it charted in 13 other countries, sold 5 million copies worldwide in its first week and was the best selling album worldwide in 1992. There were nine singles that premiered between November 91 and December 93, including two that were released outside of the United States. For our podcast today, dear friends, we will be talking about the seven singles that were released in the United States. We will not be talking about the two singles released outside of the United States, but we love you all and God bless you. Or maybe so you we will. To, you just don't know how much more we're going to invite. It really just it might get to it. On how the it just uh, you don't know what's going to happen. We just gave you a roadmap, but it's subject to change by the Holy Spirit, yeah. and so we don't know what's going to happen. We're okay? going to we're going to let the Lord have His way. That's right. But you know, user one, mm-hmm. talk to me about dangerous. What do you think about this album? This was Michael's. Uh, Fourth solo album as an adult, let's say it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's his eighth studio album, and it really showcased a different side of Michael, don't you think? I think it's his first album that he said, 
no one can say Quincy Jones that I'm bibbed up and I'm a baby in a high chair and Quincy Jones is running the show and he's the reason behind the success. Right. And he wanted that separation to really prove himself because by now there were people saying, Oh, Quincy is the mastermind. He's the brainchild behind Michael's success. And Michael's like, no, he's a part of it, but he's, I am, I am a creator. I am the creator. Right. And so this was his coming out from Quincy Jones. I think what also was really significant about Dangerous is that at this point, he's 33 years old. Right? He's not old by any means. He's still a young person, but he's been in the public consciousness on a grand scale for over 20 years at this whole life. Mm -hmm. That's a long time. So he is almost like an old artist. Right. And so there's a challenge to remain fresh. There's a challenge to remain new. There's a challenge to do things that young people who are 18 and 16 and 15 can still resonate with. And the older you get, necessarily, your demographics start to swift to change and shift a little bit. So he's dealing with a changing world. He's an older artist, but still a really young artist, you know, but he's just been around so young, so long that it's hard to tell which end of that spectrum you want to place them on. So Dangerous is kind of a pivotal kind of moment in Michael Jackson's musical and artistic life. And um, he tries to give something to everybody. And I think when you try to please everybody, you almost please nobody Mm -hmm. uh, because that's how folks act. Uh, So the initial kind of reception of Dangerous was, was negative. Um, by a lot of people. It did well. It charted well. It didn't chart Thriller. It didn't chart like bad, but I mean, it was still number one. It was still moving more um, copies than anything else for a period of time. It was number one around the world, but still there was a lot of criticism levied at this album. Um, Some of it, I think, unfair, and some of it uh, was an honest critique of what was happening and where Michael was going in his music. Um, I think the music got a little angrier, but it also had rays of hope uh, in there. It was we were seeing his frustration with his his position in life and how he was treated. So it was a little bit of this and that. He brought Andre Crouch back, who we love. Um, mm-hmm. and he risked and he brought him back. Um, he I feel he, like Andre was on every album. He needed to be every album. He needed because we all need a little Jesus in our lives. And now I need for the estate to get to get it together and find Ricky Dillard. And I can (laughs) tell you what I want to hear. I said this on Twitter. I'm gonna need some Ricky Dillard doing a remix of "Man in the Mirror" because let me tell you what Ricky gonna do for you. That's fair. If you don't know who Ricky Dillard is right now, go. Type into whatever you get your music at or YouTube, Ricky Dillard, and type in um, More Abundantly. That's a song I'm giving you to run with. But it's just, I mean, listen, I think that that's just such a central part of the Michael Jackson experience at this point. We need a choir. We need like a A-list, mm. A-list black gospel uh, singer and core, uh, a choir master. Yeah. Michael would take you to church now. Huh. He was going to take you to church. He now. was going to, you were going to go whether you wanted to or not. You go on and you need to get some Holy Ghost power while you're out there. So, you know, I, I think it, it was just a pivotal moment, really, for Michael. And um, 
I know a lot of fans have, but if you haven't, you should really check out um, Susan Fast's book, Dangerous. It's a 33 and a third book. And it just it does a really good deep dive into this album and different concepts. But something I wanted to read and kind of get your feedback, user 1.5, what you think about it. Uh, So she's talking about the Dangerous album, and this is kind of her take at one point in her book. Far removed from the gleaming off the wall, the concise brilliance of Thriller, and the clean, theatrical, synth pop of bad. Dangerous is messy, industrial, excessive on every level. Like history and invincible, it doesn't want to stop. The songs are long. There are so many of them. Listening leaves Jackson's guts all over the speakers, yours all over the room. Not that I'm particularly interested in taming any of this wondrous music, but it all makes more sense if it's thought of as a concept album. I can so, agree with that. Yeah. Do you agree with that? And do you think that Quincy Jones not being in the cutting on the cutting room floor lends itself to some of that? It's long. It's a concept album. Do you think yeah. that that is a that is a byproduct of Quincy not having been in the process? Absolutely. I mean, you know. We all have heard Quincy tell the story about how for Thriller, you know, they thought they were done. They bought the bottle of champagne and Quincy was like, no, nah, we ain't done because it's too long and it don't flow. And he made them all go back. You know, I think he gave him two days off and made them all go back and, and cut a lot of stuff. Michael was really into the way the music made him feel right. If he wanted to dance, he he never he never wanted to stop dancing. If the, if the song had a groove to it, he wanted to keep going. Quincy would understood, I think, a little more. And this is coming from a jazz musician. And y'all know jazz songs can go on for days. Okay. On and on and on and on. Just keep going, you know. But this is coming from Quincy, who understood the power of timing and, Mm -hmm. and, and what the audience was going to feel with less time or more time. So definitely you know, he didn't have Quincy to reel him in. I'm sure Teddy Riley was fangirling out in that uh, damn studio while they were recording half of this stuff and was just like, all right, cool. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, yeah. You want to, do you want this song to be 13 minutes? Cool. Not a problem. So, no, so what you're saying is Quincy had the weight to tell Michael no. And he Michael did. listened. And, and other others were not going to tell him no. They were going to tell say, it's cool, whatever you want to do. Right. Or they were, let's say, less inclined to speak up maybe in in spaces where they would. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that that is a consequence of Quincy not being around. Quincy really did try to keep, like, if you look at Off the Wall and Thriller particularly, these are really concise albums at the end of the day. And when the songs extend themselves, it's for a really good reason. Right. Like there's some sort of instrumentality or musicality that is being expressed in the extensions of the songs that may run over three minutes or whatever, three and a half minutes. Um, that doesn't mean that it, that, that it's bad about that it being extended isn't bad on these albums, but it does. It is a departure that it, you can pick up on easily. Absolutely. You easily pick up that, like, okay. Absolutely. This is, and, like, goes, and we talk about that about Invincible, right? It's too long. Like, that's a, that's a criticism that a lot of That's people, your big criticism. On that's Invincible. my big criticism, that if you yeah. were to cut Invincible in half, there are half of the songs on that album are, like, four, uh, uh, four to five out of five stars. And then the other half, mm-hmm. I feel like we could have just not had, right? And it would have been a, to me... 
a better album. That's me. So I definitely can resonate with some of that that she's saying. Not that you still don't enjoy it because it's absolutely about, something about getting inside of Michael Jackson's mind of why and how he did this thing with his music. But you go, is it too long? Is that a fair criticism? And I think that it's something that fair critics have picked up on. But there were a lot of unfair critics when Dangerous came out. I think. Well, you know, just piggybacking on that, like you think about history. Okay, and history was long, right? You had the two discs disc set, but the actual history album, the second disc with all of the new stuff on it, that was long as hell. And then on the end, you just kind of I trail off at little Susie because I don't even know why that was on there. You know what I mean? But and then you you think about Invincible, like you said, that's very lengthy. I mean, Dark Child, Ronnie Jerkins talked about you know, these songs and how he was just so excited to work with Michael and Michael kind of jerk him around and leave him in the hotel for a couple of days and then be like, all right, I'm ready. Quincy had the ability to reel him in. And we all need that one person in our life that can just reel our asses in when we gone too far. After Quincy, after he stopped working with Quincy, he didn't have anybody who could reel him in. Michael went off and did, you know, did what he thought was best. And I'm not saying it's bad or good. I'm just saying he just didn't have anybody to pull him back. I think his most he had his most creative freedom moving outside of the the realm of Quincy's influence on the music. And so that's what we kind of get with Dangerous. And Dangerous is a pivotal point. You really see the critics kind of pull together a lot of different elements to give a critique of this album. It's not just the music anymore. They're going after his look. They're going after uh, his everything. behavior. They're going after everything and, and lumping it into a critique of the music, um, mm -hmm. which is not fair. Uh, at this point in time, Michael did visibly look different. We know now that he suffered from a skin disease. It was in this period of time that he made that known to the world. But when the album came out, nobody knew. And so they, again, began to use that as a place to insert words like weird and, um, you know. Uh, wacko. Wacko, mm -hmm. comparing him to a castrated male you get all these different things that are then mixed in with a critique of the music. And so you don't get this pure critique, which is why I really appreciate uh, the fans doing it, music historians doing it, authors doing it, music lovers doing it, and really saying, let's just look at the music, right? That's right. what Michael wanted us to look at anyway. So let's look at the music and we can talk about the other stuff, but let's separate it from this art that he gave us. So, um, and that's what we're going to do today. We're going to look we're at doing. the music and we're going to separate it from everything else. We're not going to talk about the tours, beloved, the tour, beloved, because let me tell you, the dangerous tour, the live in Bucharest, that's where it was, right? That was the first mm -hmm. full length feature because you could buy it in Walmart, y'all, on DVD. Y'all, we was in Walmart buying up everything that had oh, Michael on DVD name on it. In mm -hmm. Walmart. Uh, but that show really was a first full tour that I ever watched with that Michael had done. And it was powerful, but we're not even going to talk. We're not even here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the album dangerous dangerous had 14 tracks on it. It started with jam and it ended with the title track dangerous. And in between that, we have these 
seven singles that we are going to talk about today. And I really wanted to do seven because that was Michael's favorite number, but we might slide into singles eight and nine. We'll see. We'll see. So the first single from the Dangerous album was Black or White. It was released November the 11th, 1991. It peaked at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 charts, and it stayed there for seven weeks. And with this single, Michael Jackson became the first artist to have number one hits in the 1970s, 80s, and 90s. It is certified double platinum, and it hit number one in 20 countries. It was the best-selling single in 1992. The rap performance was by LTB, a.k.a. Bill Botrell, the producer of the album. And there is a link that I'm going to add in the show notes. It's a really good story about this guy who hunted down LTB. And it ended up being Lil White Bill Botrell who rapped in this, in this, uh, on this track. The, uh-huh. the, the rap part that Macaulay Calkin does in the video. Uh, the guitar. You no, know, we love it. We love it. We love it. The, the, the guitar solo is, of course, our favorite Guns N' Roses guitarist Slash. And Slash is fine. I just want to take a minute to say that Slash is Slash fine. appreciation. And I love a man with a guitar. Mm-hmm. All girls a guitar love a man and a top with a guitar. Hat and yep. a nose ring. Mm-hmm. I mean, that... Slash. I feel like him and Lenny got the same Slash. energy, you know? Slash. Slash. Yeah, are I are like it. Slash, are you listening? Slash, you can come on the show, too. We Slash, you can you. come on the... You can come on the show, okay? And we... We welcome you. Anyway, mm-hmm. he's fine and whatever. Yes. You know, so you put Michael fine with Slash fine. It's a lot happening. It does it. it we does love it. For it. You. it does it for you. So the video was directed by John Landis. Um, and it premiered. Wait a minute. Time out. Time out. Yeah. Y'all remember how John Landis said he needed his money up front because he didn't See, trust Michael You didn't even need to bring that up. <laughs> You didn't even need to bring it up. A y'all lot know of y'all, y'all do that too. Get, I do that to the student loan people. A lot of y'all need people. to pay y'all money up front. Yeah, too. no, I do that. So it is what it is. <laughs> I do that to the student loan people. They okay. be like, do on the fifteenth. I'd be like, no. Yeah. No. A lot of y'all need to go ahead and do pay on, y'all money up do front. on the fifth of the y'all next month after too. the fifteenth. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, didn't even yeah, have to bring yeah. that up. That wasn't necessary. That's like that. AT and T said that they wouldn't give Michael a phone. That see stuff like that's not necessary to mention. New phone. Who this? Shout out to Sianka. Anyway. Go ahead. With John Landis. He knew who he was dealing with. Anyway. You got to know uh, who. You got to. You, you can't kid who. yourself or you won't mm-hmm. get paid. So We're going to put that in the show notes in case you think we lying. It's not a lie. Okay. Michael Jackson premiered this single, Black or White, in grand style on MTV, VH1, BET, and Fox. And in total, the video made its simultaneous debut in 27 countries around the world and was watched by over five hundred million viewers during its original broadcast it to this day is the most watched music video in history the panther sequence at the end of the video was super super controversial but what was more controversial i think than the panther sequence was word to the bad that was released just prior to black or white that created this like little little controversy buzz thing user one what you think um well we've actually if you're new to listening to us you may not have caught some of our earlier episodes we did a whole deep dive into michael's most controversial uh music videos and this was on the list i don't know where we put it on the list but black or white was on the list because of the panther sequence 
And I think our uh, final analysis was it was a gnaw. Like, we didn't need it. Like, it was a great video. And then it was like, why add the element of drama? Like, it's like, Michael, you a lot of drama. But anyway, I mean, he did it. He said he had his reasons for it. But this is 1991. So I need everyone to, if you were not alive or not alive and able to comprehend, which would be us on this this podcast, we were a lot, we're babies. I still need you to think from a historical context, the moral and ethical norms of the time. We were pre-Kardashian uh, levels. <laughs> shout out to Kim Kardashian, who's no trying to become an attorney. shout out to Kim Kardashian. I love that. I love that she's trying to become an attorney. Okay. But this is pre, like, a very explicit era of, it's my body and I can show it and I can do what I want. This was a, a place where people were much more conservative, especially about what was coming on TV, right? Um, and what was being broadcast on network TV. We ain't talking about HBO, because everybody knew HBO was raunchy, right? But we're talking about Fox. And you know ABC and well, yeah, Fox whatever. was the raunchy station. Fox was the, was the was the Fox was hood. Yeah, mm-hmm. Fox was hood. But anyway, people still had a definitely a, a different idea of what it meant to be ethical and have morals on TV. Michael zipping up them pants, shaking that pelvis, <sighs> putting that thing in y'all face, and tearing up that car for no reason. They ain't like it, y'all. It just wasn't going to fly. And I just felt like it took away from all this great video that he had before. The morphing, everything that he had, the message, everything. It was like it went down the drain with those last 60 seconds. That's just me. Yeah. I mean, you know, there are countries that would not play the Panther version. I want to say Australia is one of them. Uh, you know, MJ Cast, let us know if we're right or wrong. I'm 90% sure as I'm saying it right now. Um, they would not play it. People in those countries have not seen the entire version of Black or White until it came on these interwebs because it was just that controversial. But here's the thing about Black or White do you think it was a good first single? Looking at the entirety of days. Well, okay, so somebody would say, Oh, remember, the time should have been first. But I actually would disagree with that. I would say that this was the correct first choice. And let me tell you why. Michael's, this has to everything to do with Michael as a human. This was his message to the world. Peace, unity, love for one another, respect for one another. And so this is in line, this is a true first single for him as a person and an artist. So I do think this was the right first out the gate. Um, and I think that it's always needed uh, when we talk about racial harmony and uh, that sort of thing. Uh, some people might say, like, Michael, you're also kind of tone deaf. Like, the reality is that we don't have that. That's really aspirational. But in pursuit of aspiration, are you ignoring the reality of life? And maybe that's a good uh critique uh or a fair critique i should say but that was michael he really looked at what could be he tried not to dwell necessarily on what was he was very hopeful and i think that this at least at this point in his life and his career and so i think that this song demonstrates that so i do think this was the correct first single for the album what do you think using 1.5 you know i i remember very vividly uh because i'm a tad bit older than you two and I remember vividly that shut up, shut up, 
at the show. And so I remember when Black or White came out, I remember Ma saying, my mama saying uh, that he was saying it don't matter if you're Black or White because now he's white and he was Black, right? Like that was the joke. That was the <laughs> the running theme. And to be fair... You're not going to blast my I, mama like I, that. I, I, I'm trying to be fair. You're not going to talk about my mama like that. To be fair, a lot of Because my mama love know. Michael Jackson. You're not going to talk she about did, my mama She like loves that. Michael. But to they be fair... They didn't know. They didn't, didn't know what's going on with this And Michael won't tell her nobody yeah. nothing. He, now, he, he, nothing won't tell he hadn't said nothing, nothing yet. So, so you leave people to their imaginations. People okay? didn't know. So I think that for this to be the first single, it opened a lot of a lot more doors for criticism than I think Michael expected. On top of that, you had Word to the Bad that came out just before this. Now, of course, Word to the Bad disappeared just as fast as it showed up in that brown paper bag. But it was still the line in there like you, <laughs> you know when you got when you got it made you change your shade was your color wrong and then michael comes back with black or white it's like uh what's going on here because you would assume that if somebody knew the dirt it would be your brother you know so i mean i i, I love the song as a single i love the message of the song i think that the timing was bad because it was a lot of other stuff happening. No, we can't blame Michael for Jermaine. We can't blame Michael for Jermaine. And I love Jermaine, but we can't blame Michael for Jermaine behaving badly. Uh, he should have never had that tape mm. delivered in that brown paper bag. And I don't, I don't know. He he said he was sorry. He said they dealt with it together as brothers. And, you know, but the damage was done. You know, it is what it is. Listen, you can't clout chase off of people and try to get a little couple dollars off of your family. And he you're doing it, it the wrong way, and he they think it. it's gonna be cool. But anyway, they 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 chopped it up later in life. But yeah, no, when you when you add in word to the bad coming before that, mm-hmm. I mean it's a thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. it's a thing. I, Jermaine, Jermaine, <laughs> you can also come. <laughs> Jermaine you can also come on. The, you can also come on the <laughs> motherfucking show. I Tito ain't gonna never come because I keep cussing. I'm sorry. Please Tito. stop cussing, Papa Tito. First of all, well, yes, Tito, you can come Papa on the show T, too. We're sorry, and I'm sorry. We're gonna we we ain't gonna, we're gonna do better. Come. We're gonna do better when you get here. We're gonna we're gonna censor ourselves. Jermaine, you bring your black ass on this show <laughs> because we have talked about you way too much, and, and we have I forgiven you, and we support you, but we need to know you. Right. We need to ask you some questions. We need to ask some questions. You don't have no problem doing interviews, so come on. And we want to talk about your hair. So, Oh, no. Now we just want to know how you get it to do what it does. So, (sighs) but here's the thing. You're right. Word to the bad adds a wrinkle in this being the first single, but it's almost like... It's almost like, did Jermaine know this was going to be the single? And so he said... Absolutely, I'm about to remix these lyrics and do the thing. I don't know. But anyway, I still think for Michael, it was the best first single. I still think that that's that's a fact. It's a great single. The video is wonderful where Michael is doing all the different dances from the different cultures with the people from the culture. So he's not appropriating their culture, but he's showing respect in a in a really beautiful way. Didn't it look natural? It it didn't even look forced. It looked like he was one of whoever. Yeah, he did, and it was just such a great video visual for yeah. For who, who else has done something like that? Period. What other artist has done something at that scale to say the world we are one? We are. Um, it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter. 
if you're thinking about my baby, it doesn't matter if you're black or white. It doesn't matter. That part doesn't matter. That's unimportant. In the it, who who else has yeah. done this on in this way? And like I said, um, I can understand some criticisms about, but let's deal with the reality that, you know, in America, it actually does matter. Right. And I think we're in a space now where we talk about that, that it does matter. And we need people to see that so that we can change it because it shouldn't matter. Michael's song was aspirational, but it wasn't the reality. Right. right. It shouldn't matter that you're black or white, but it, at least in the United States, it seems to matter a lot in some instances. And in some instances, Maybe you tripping and that ain't the reason. But in a lot of instances, that is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael's Michael's song, more aspirational than reality. Um, and I think that sometimes we need that. We need some hope while we tackle the reality so that we can get to that place. So Michael kind of always infused that for us, right? And yep. he never really gave up on that little, that mustard seed of, of hope and faith that things could be different. And Black or White is kind of an embodiment of that thinking, so Black and White was the first single. The second single from Dangerous was what I think a lot of people, as user one said, thought should have been the first single. And that is Remember the Time, a song allegedly written about a certain Supreme. Anyway, it was uh-uh. released. Huh? Uh, no. Huh? It was released. You can come on the show, Tip. I didn't say no name, so... Well, okay, Diana Ross. Miss <laughs> Ross, I, Ms. I didn't say your the name. The boss, the boss. I didn't say her name. I if didn't this say song is about her, she needs to own it. It's allegedly, according to a lot of people, including Jermaine. Okay. Oh, Jermaine said it in his book. He sure did. did what did he say? He, Lord, you're going to make me find it. I got to find a damn book. Now, first. you know that's a hot mess. Now, oh, I know no. he didn't say it. He didn't say that. He yes, he did. Oh, no. He did. I find it. You lying? I find it. He said it lying in his that book. Man. He said it in his book. I'm gonna find it. All right. Anyway, let's move on. Remember the time. So, so anyway, said, allegedly, Jermaine said. So allegedly, this was about a certain Supreme, mm-hmm. and I ain't talking about the Supremes from uh, Bojangles. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, released January 14th, 1992. It was certified platinum and peaked at number three on the Billboard Hot 100 and number one on the Billboard Hot R&B singles. Uh, it has a nine minute music video, aka short film, directed by John Singleton and it features appearances by Michael, Eddie Murphy, Iman, Tommy Tiny Lister and Magic Johnson. So remember the time is a powerhouse. We've talked about this uh, in our blackest moments episode about Michael. We pretty much, I feel like have said everything about remember the time, but in the scheme of dangerous and in 1992, when it was released and the video was released, so you've got this all black cast in this video with magic Johnson, who had just came out and said that he had, uh, that he was diagnosed with, with HIV. Mm-hmm. What do you think about this being the second single? I I truly think that this should have been the first single. I'm not gonna lie. Black or white is cute. I like it. But I think remember the time should have been the first single, especially with the video that accompanied it, because I think that that would have silenced some of those people that were that were trying to say that Michael didn't want to be black. It feels like it was almost in retaliation or in response to 
black or white when people said that he said he didn't want to be black. And he came out with this super, super black video. And if he had led with this, I think that it would have it would have done something different for him in the black community. But what do you think, user one? What do you mean by it would have done something different from him in, in the black so, community? I mean, you know, listen, I, I love us, but we're going to talk regardless. Okay. They were going to talk about it because Michael visibly looked very, very different. But I think if he would have come out with a banging statement about blackness in 1992, you got to remember, this is this is all swirling with, uh, you know, this is a time of what OJ and and and. Um, oh, my gosh. What are all the other things that were happening in L.A.? OJ and and. Um, uh, what was his man name that got beat? I can't think of Rodney, uh, Rodney King. And all of this is happening at the same time. So as a people, black people were feeling neglected. And then to have one of the biggest black stars who looks now very, very white and forget the skin tone. I mean, Michael had done the surgeries at this point. His face was very different. I think that if he would have started with this this anthem of blackness, remember the time um, set in Egypt, I think that black people would have been more accepting of the way he looked. Maybe tried to find a reason that he looked that way. Because listen, we'll we'll take you until we don't. We'll we'll come up with some excuses for you until we can't. You know, but we have to feel like you're a part of the community. And I think that if he had started with this, that would have been more of the case. Well, see, I don't think that we ever felt. I never get the impression when I talk to black, uh, you know, people, black people who are adults at this time that were either his contemporaries who were like literally around his age because they came on with the Jackson five or younger I never got that they felt that he wasn't a part of the community. There was like, it's like our mother said, we just didn't understand what was going on. And we thought he didn't want to be black and we didn't get it because we thought literally my mom said we, we, he was so beautiful. He was such a beautiful black boy. We didn't understand. Right. And this was a part of his silence. Wasn't just the color. It was the surgery. It was a nose uh, because in the, Here's what you need to understand. Some people keep saying, oh, he didn't want to be white, but you need to understand where the people are coming from in that analysis and critique. In the black community, a big nose, that's seen as a defining characteristic of being African and being black. And it is seen as an ugly uh, attribute in popular culture, especially back in the day, even now, but not so much now. People are now becoming more accepting of people who they are and their who they you know where they come from but then people wanted smaller lips a smaller nose straighter hair that is just what a lot of black people wanted because those were the standards of beauty so when michael adopts these things to an extreme what it seems to some people people do start to think he wants to be not black right and again we don't know that he has with a lego so i think that was disheartening for a lot of black people and hurtful but I don't think black people ever left him. I don't think the community ever abandoned him. He was still ours and people, but some people just didn't understand it, you know, or didn't accept what they felt he was doing, but there was still a love for him because how do I know that went to number one on essentially the black charts, whereas it was number three on the pop charts, which are the more, which essentially are the white charts. So we still were accepting him. We were still receiving his music. We still were in his corner. 
And I think that shows in the stats. And if you look at today, how that video is received and continues to be talked about and played and remixed on TikTok and here and there and whatever, you know what I mean? It's, it's definitely a staple and one of the best videos that people still bring up as one of the top videos of all time. So I think he, he definitely never left the community. And I think we still accepted him, even though there was a lot of questions about what was happening with him. No, I, I totally agree. And, and I'm just thinking like, okay, in 2021, looking back, right. Because hindsight is always 2020. Um, what, could have been or what could have been done differently. But here, the, the truth of the matter is this. I like Dangerous. So everything that he chose as a single, I think was a great choice as a single. Now, the order that he released them in, maybe not, but definitely the singles themselves. And I want to say before we continue on with Remember the Time, I found that passage about Diana Ross. Ah, I'm about to read it. Uh-huh. First, he goes on to shade Diana and say that Diana's the reason that Michael went solo. I ain't even going to read that part. But here's the good part. His devotion to our goddess of Motown developed from a teenage crush into a young man's infatuation. I think it's fair to say that in his mind, Diana was the first woman he fell in love with. I always wondered if she felt for him the way he felt for her. Or if she saw him as the little boy she'd first met. Michael felt she no longer viewed him as a boy, but as a man and a respected artist. They had the kind of true friendship that rarely exists in Hollywood. And I think it was what he prized the most. As for how intimate they truly became, this is where his music, nearly always semi-autobiographical, autobiographical oh that word got me just then it's the liquor should speak for itself go listen to the wistful lyrics of remember the time released in 1992 that song was as michael told me written with diana ross in mind the one great love that as far as he was concerned escaped him and i rest my case yana Now, you won't say that I be lying on Jermaine, but Jermaine said it. And I just read it to you from the book. And he said it. And you're not going to call me no lie because I know what I read. I think that's just a whole nother episode. I don't even want to get into it. But he, he uh, uh, apparently Jermaine did say. Thank you. That, that, that's, that's I just what want it some was. acknowledgement. I just and want some acknowledgement. That's all that he said. I, I, and I, didn't really, lie. I don't even want to unpack the Diana Ross, Michael Jackson thing because it's definitely there. And unless she decides to tell us the truth, which unless she decides to tell us the story, mm-hmm. some of which will not make her look good. If it's what a lot of us think it is, she will get me too. But anyway, um, Remember the Time is a wonderful song, a strong number two out of the gate. Uh, the star power. I mean, it's crazy. Eddie Murphy, Iman. Uh, Iman looked gorgeous. Didn't she look gorgeous? In it? Absolutely gorgeous. She's still gorgeous. Tommy She's Lister amazing. and Iman can come on the show too. So can Eddie Murphy. Magic Johnson. And again, I think what was really significant, again, like you said, Magic Johnson dealing with something that people didn't understand at the time. And Michael um, not shying away from, they and they go way back. The Jacksons and Magic Johnson go way back. So uh, really showing some um, allyship 
to his friend. At this point, he was out, right? Like everybody knew he had AIDS. Yeah, everybody knew. Or he, oh, I'm sorry, he had HIV. Uh, so yeah, really cool. John Singleton again in there. Rest in peace to John Singleton. Just a like iconic assembly, and I think John Singleton had a lot to do with it. So did Michael because. Um, Obviously, he had a personal relationship with a lot of the folks you saw show up in the video. So, a great video. You know, and a cast of people that only Michael could have brought together, honestly. Yeah. And honestly. we recently saw, um, uh, what's his name? Um, call me by Nazix, little Nazix. Uh huh. We saw him do a, a, a tribute to this recently this year. So, it's just a, a song and a video that is just. I, I mean, I think to say it's iconic is almost like an understatement. It is, it's definitely a standard in the realm of music video. So I think it's a good second single. I think it's appropriately placed. I think black or white. And then remember the time. I think that's a good call. All right. Fair enough. Let's jump to single number three. And that would be the originally intended for Madonna in the closet. And aren't we glad that didn't happen? Oh, that's a whole Madonna, you can come on the show too. We might that's a whole other episode. Be prepared to defend yourself, girl. Because yeah, that's a whole yeah. other Jermaine talk trash about her too. Anyway, Ooh. released. She began dragged. Randy <laughs> talked trash about her too. As she should. When Randy talked well, I was gonna say when Randy talked trash about you is bad, but no, that don't count. Don't anyway, know. maybe he didn't. I don't know. Released originally April 9th, 1992. It became the album's third consecutive top 10 pop single, reaching number six on the Billboard Hot 100. It also became the second number one RB single for the Dangerous album. The song obviously is about keeping a relationship secret between lovers in the closet, is an English idiom used when one is not open about an aspect of their life, particularly in regards to sexual orientation. Despite the song's suggestive name, the lyrics don't allude to hidden sexual orientation, but rather a concealed relationship, i.e. don't hide our love, woman to man. The song's female vocal was originally labeled as Mystery Girl, but was later revealed to be Princess Stephanie of Monaco. She is the daughter. A little history lesson for all of you guys who don't know anything about the royal family of Monaco. The daughter of Prince Rainier III and Princess Grace Kelly. She's our American princess. Um, the video was considered a little too raunchy for South America, and they banned it. Too nasty. And we had another beautiful, beautiful black queen in this video in Naomi Campbell, who just ate Michael's ass up. She lit him up on that screen. Let me tell you, Naomi Campbell in this video was skin so soft, Avon, Mm -hmm. baby. I mean, her skin was gorgeous, like flawlessly beautiful and chocolate. She looked beautiful. I remember thinking the first time I saw this video when I was younger, I was like, how she get her hair to be that straight and silky? I'm she just you, so she was doing it. She she looked amazing. And um I see you have here in the notes, Don't Heart I Love Woman to Man. The New York Times stated only Jackson will use that <laughs> title for a heterosexual love song. Yeah, um, In the Closet was definitely an uh, idea that people were sharing and still do share about being in the closet about your sexuality and being uh, being gay. Um, and so it is kind of 
odd. <laughs> it could definitely have been don't hide our love man to man or woman to woman. And it might have actually been a better impact. I don't know. But anyway, he did what he did. Um, it's a great, I think it's a part actually, of it was people needed to see him do something like this, I think. And yeah. so I think that's why it went where it went. Yeah. Um, and again, it almost goes to this thing of why does he need to perform if he doesn't want to be this overly sexual intimate sort of artist he shouldn't have to be but it was it was just it was needed you know i guess and so he tried to give the people what he felt they needed and we did we needed it we needed michael not with a jacket i think we talked about this in another podcast michael not hiding behind a jacket Michael not hiding behind layers of clothes. Michael had on his cowboy boots, his black Levi's, and a sleeveless white shirt with his hair blown out freshly and pulled back into a low ponytail with Naomi on that that little, looked like a ballerina bar, wherever they were, leaning back, looking delicious. It was, it was what we needed from Michael. At that time. And I will say it's really it's nicely placed as the third single. It's also the third track on the album. So, you know, I just want to haha see what we did there. But, you know, it's we needed this for Michael. Honestly, we need. Yeah, it. it's a and it's a really good song. I think it's a. um I think it is. It, it's one of the songs that I still hear a lot on the radio on R&B radio. It's a good song. And. I think it was needed. I think taking it and putting it in the desert and the playfulness between him and Naomi, it really, it, it came off as true and right. um, authentic. It was really not raunchy at all, but Naomi kind of definitely showed you some cheeks and showed you yeah. that she has this sensual, very sensual side. And she let that play out with Michael Jackson. And admit, listen, if in your life you get an opportunity to grind upon Michael Jackson, you need Take to it. play it for all it's worth. Take and she it, did that. And mm. so I think that she did the right thing here. Okay. You jump on that man. They she hired what you. anybody would have done. They she paid you green done. money to jump on that man. Mm-hmm. Jump on him and make him like it. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Make him forget his mama going to see this. Because mm. Miss Katie don't play mm-hmm. that. Okay, but make him forget his mama gonna see this. So she really did what we needed to see done. We needed to see somebody jump on that man, and she jumped on him. She definitely did. He didn't know what to do with all that. <laughs> he was my guy. <laughs> he didn't know what to do. He was like, oh, Jesus. and you. The funny thing about the video, I feel like this video was like, didn't Janet have some video around the same time in the desert somewhere? It won't you asking me, y'all be but knowing. I feel like she was in a desert somewhere. What video was this? Y'all, somebody help me out. Somebody, please send a, send me a message. My, Janet was in the video somewhere. She had just got Lot. her brand, she had just got her brand new boobs. Does it count? They were sitting up looking good. Jen's boobs stayed high and proud, and I like. They that. look good. Mm-hmm. They look good. Good boobs. It looked good, good in this boobs. video too. She had just got them boobs, and I don't they, know what they were about. sitting up tight. She had her hair up. Anyway, Lamont helped me out. But, you know, this was like the grayscale of the video really went with the song, I feel like. I love... When was my- it gray or those like sepia? It, it, okay, grayscale sepia. Y'all see, y'all got too many filters. Y'all know too many names now. Uh, uh, y'all do too much. Wasn't really gray. 
Yeah, no, it was a good, it was a good, this was really good. Um, it was shot well. And Michael just, Michael, Michael gives you a 10 out of 10 on all aspects, visually and sonically. Good song, good third single out. And and how did it peak? Number six. Yes. It was number one R&B. Number one R&B. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, listen, the black community was holding Michael down. We was giving him these number ones, even when pop was starting to move away from giving him number ones. Um, and that's what some people think. Uh, um, Dangerous is one of Michael's uh, most, is one of his blackest albums. That's an, that's an idea. You know, that's an idea. I can see how you got there. Um, but definitely he he incorporates a lot of R&B and hip hop elements as we will continue to talk about. So go ahead and hit us with number four. Number four single from the Dangerous album was It Ain't Too Hard For Me To Jam. Ah, ah, Ain't Too Hard For Me To Jam. Released July 13th, 1992, and it features a rap verse performed by, may he rest in heavenly peace, Heavy D of Heavy the D. Heavy D in the Boy. Heavy D, the overweight lover. MC. Yes, God. Yes. Um, Heavy D was fine, too. So let me tell you all a little bit about he Heavy was. D, how fine he was. He was. That's that's no lie. That's no lie. And Heavy D, what's your favorite song from Heavy D and the Boys? Uh, oh my god there's a lot i mean there's a lot to <laughs> is there one from. i was let me tell you my favorite you got overweight lover i mean when it's like a uh you know whatever but heavy d and the boys or what's your favorite song Dude, from heavy d or i was heavy gonna d say i i really this is what i'm I, i'm gonna have to say because i messed up that janet's piece in the last one i don't want lamont to get mad at me when heavy d appeared on all right with janet that was the first time I remember being like, who is this dude? He's awesome. Then I started listening to his stuff, you know, Heavy D and the Boys. Um, so that was my intro to Heavy D, really. But, I mean, he was all over the place. He was on TV shows. He, we love him. Heavy D. Well, he on Martin. He was, he was on, on Martin. He was on Living he was Single. On Living he had a recurring Single. role in Living Single. He was yeah. on uh, um, A Different World. Yeah, I mean, he so he was an actor and a musician and a dancer. Like he was like mm-hmm. um, Fred Berry. Like so, everybody, if you know who Fred Berry is, you know that Fred Berry is rerun from What's Happening. Fred Berry, a big time dancer on Soul Train, a bigger, heavier set guy who could really move. That was Heavy D. Mm-hmm. My he- my favorite song from them is probably Nothing But Love, but um. Somebody to love is also like Heavy D yeah, was really the overweight love. lover. Yeah. Like you look at these songs, he really was talking about being in love, and he had a smooth flow. He got on this track because of Teddy, because of, right? Yeah. And so, but like Michael couldn't have done better bringing Heavy D in for Jam. Agreed. Jam, jam. Here comes the man. Hot damn. Yeah. That's yeah. That's it right there. And hit the funny thing is, fun fact, no credit appeared to him on the original album version. He on any happy to be version. on the song. He was happy to be on the song. It listen, if you first of all, if you know Heavy D and you know his voice, you know it's him. That's very distinct. It's very distinctly him. But his verse in jam just ties the whole song together like it really puts like a little bow on the top of the song and neatly ties it together it's great 
the, music, the song he's in the video great, yeah he is in the video along with michael jordan who was was is and will continue to be y'all fight me on it the goat of basketball yeah, he's a goat uh, how hard do you think it was for him to get michael jordan it Michael Jordan Michael. never did any other music. It videos. was this Michael. It. it won't yeah. harm. Michael got Shaq's ass. Uh, well, they don't, I'm sure that won't hurt. But you know, listen. It was getting Michael Jordan could not have been easy, but Michael Jackson being the number one artist and Michael Jordan being the number one athlete, I'm sure it was like the two MJs. The ego allows it. Like yeah. it's like, yeah, I can the do this. This dude is number one. I'm number one. We can do this. And I'm a fan of his, and I'm sure he's a fan of mine. What did Michael say? He signs all of his autographs. Like he really signs. <laughs> so shout out to Michael Jordan. And uh, if you want to talk crap about him, you got to go somewhere else because we love him over here. Um, so yeah, getting Michael Jordan in the video, absolutely iconic. People still talk about that to this day. Those two being in a music video together. Um, and I think what was the coolest part was that he convinced somehow for Michael Jordan to try and dance. That and the dude got like, sequence. he got boats for feet, right? Yeah, but who, he convinced him to do it. Like who else could have done that? Who else could have convinced Michael, Michael Jordan to, to try and moonwalk in a video? It's great that when he's trying to tell him how to do the pop, the pose, mm-hmm. it, it was great. It, it's it's like, it was like him te- trying to teach me how to do it. I can't, I can't, I can't. It was just great. It was a great video. The video was great. I love this single. The single only peaked at number six on the Billboard Hot 100, um, you know, which I think is a tragedy. Maybe people didn't listen to the words. Maybe people didn't understand the concept of jam. Come on, you got it. Say you got it. Says peaked at number twenty six. What's the what's the number? What do you mean? You said it peaked at number six on your at number twenty. Twenty six. That's that's just odd to me that it was that low. Do you think that? I mean, so let's also talk about who was in the video. You had um, crisscross. Mm hmm. Um, what another really popular at the time hip hop group. If you were alive and kicking at the time, you remember crisscross and make you jump, jump. And so a really Uh cool, Uh like kid group, kid rapping group. And they actually, actually like were really good. They could actually rap. They wore their clothes backwards, wore their pants and their shirt. And they did it in the video. So again, we talk about Michael trying to bridge generations. He's in, he's 33 years old. He's been in the music game on the forefront for more than two decades and he's trying to also still reach younger crowds who are listening to heavy d and listening to um uh crisscross um so they were also in this video it was a super black video another super black video if you really stop and think about it um from that perspective and maybe that's what influenced it not being so well received on the pop charts but given how much star power was put into it, it's kind of crazy that it didn't go higher. Just my thought. Right. And I'm like trying to figure out why didn't it peak higher? I don't know. It's a fun song. I mean, he's talking about, you know, live each day like it's the last and, you know, basically he's saying like nothing's too, too difficult. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, you know, nothing's too hard to overcome. Maybe people didn't listen to the words because, you know, just watching the video, especially if you're not a Michael fan and you just hear it, it almost sounds like a little bit of jumble. You know what I mean? But it's such a fun song. I think that I feel like it would would have done better on the charts, but 
you know, I have to ask these people who were calling in radio stations in 1992 what the hell their problem was because I I, I didn't do it. So. Well, let me let me say this, too. So I think this was really cool that Susan Fast says she says this about dangerous and about jam. The noise, the noise that he used that he incorporates in the music helps create music that is cinematic. I thought it was a really good kind of point. Like when you think about jam, it opens with glass breaking. That's noise, right? It helps create a scene inside of the music that is theatrical, that is cinematic. And I I thought it was kind of a good, it was kind of a cool point to make. Um, the, it, she goes on to say the non-musical sounds, things like breaking glass, banging doors um, in the context of a piece of music are often called bringing in the visual because Mm -hmm. unlike musical sound which tends towards the abstract they often signify particular things can be associated more easily with specific material objects or idea ideas jackson's music generally lean 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 towards the theatrical and cinematic um agreed and and i think that that that, that's that's on point for for jam agreed he's incorporating all these different sounds and ideas um the music the music video was shot in uh uh chicago i believe um i think it was shot in chicago on a basketball court yeah and so i i think that jam is just it's a good song and not only is it a good song i think michael was getting back to some more um uh some more uh more urban roots inside of this and uh in some ways moving away from pop in some aspects. And so maybe that was a part of what, why it wasn't received. Uh Let me ask you this about jam. So jam was the, as we all know, is the opening song on the album. It's the first thing you hear when you popped it in the tape deck or you put the record on or you put it in the CD player. That is the first song you hear. That glass shattering is the very first sound from the song do you think that glass is symbolic for something so i thought immediately shattering the glass ceiling which is what michael did right do you think that that glass shattering is symbolic for something bigger than you know bigger than what we you know originally kind of gave it credit for um I think it I honestly I think it might have been symbolic of Michael's anger. Okay. And his frustration, anxiety. Because if you really think about the lyrics to jam, it makes sense. Or to to I, I can kind of pick that up from it, right? Mm-hmm. Um like so if we look at the lyrics to jam, um Nation to nation, all the world must come together, face the problems that we see, then maybe somehow we can work it out. Ask my neighbor for a favor. She said, later, what has come of all the people? Have we lost love? What, what is it about? I have to find my peace because no one seems to let me be. False prophets cry of doom with all the possibilities. I told my brother, there'll be problems, times, and tears for fears, but we must live each day like it's the last. Go with it. Uh, go with it jam like you could like there's a lot of frustration anger anxiety pent up in the lyrics 
And I think that's what the glass breaking really symbolizes because Michael uses a lot of glass breaking and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that this is... He liked to tear shit up. Now, that's the truth. And I think in all his music, it was coming out his anger and his frustration in his world and his life in the world and his personal life and the greater world and in the celebrity life he was forced to live. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was what that may have symbolized uh, for him. But I definitely think it symbol symbolizes something. I can, I definitely agree with that. I mean, think, and if we look at the track list for dangerous, you got jam, right. In that anger, but then you got, why you want to trip on me as a second single uh, or as a second track on the, on the album. It was not a single, yeah. but why yeah. you want to trip on me is like one of the best. Like if you haven't listened to uh, the Janet Jackson pods uh verses that they did uh with us why you want to trip on me is one of the songs i picked as like a clapback song from like the gods because michael is literally like all this stuff going on and y'all worried about what i got going on over here yeah you he know? over I, I think i said i said in a, in a in one of our group messages i don't know or maybe i might i don't know if i put in the group message or not I said that why you want to trip on me reminded me of rumors from Lizzo. Mm. Um, and mm-hmm. it's kind of like, you know, listen, man, you got some other things to worry about. You concerned about me and why are you tripping on me? Like go do Y'all your worry thing. About the wrong like, thing. There's some other things going on. Yeah. Um, uh, like Cardi said, you lying in languages I can't even read. I know Michael felt like <laughs> that. Like y'all be lying. I can't only know what it's but saying. Then, but then think about it. In the closet was came up right after that, right? So now you got him saying like, you know, don't, you know, like, like basically, like I got stuff going on, but y'all won't never know. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like if you read between the lines and look at the track list, he's telling you a story, and it's pretty cool to go back and look at it and to really kind of analyze it and think about it. Yeah, and I and I think some of it really is when you when you when you rewind it back, um it's thriller, off the wall, bad. He was really nice to you people. <laughs> and you, yeah, you he ain't talking about nothing stressful. Yeah. You know what I mean? He y'all took the kindness for weakness and he's like, you know what? Okay, fuck you. you. And you and you, I used to like you, but F you too. Like, mm-hmm. he's at the place now where he's like, okay, I'm tired. I am literally tired of this and I am not going to just sit back and take it. And and it's not just, we've talked about word to the best, not just outside things. It's inside too. It's family. Yeah. It's just what, I'm like, I'm, I'm over this. I'm not, I'm done. And so the first couple of songs you get him going, say it to my face. For real, saying mm. say it with your chest if you're gonna say it. Don't don't get behind your ink pen and your article and write all this stuff about me. Come find me. Right. He's got that energy kind of behind some of his tracks because he's tired of being treated like it's whatever. And he's like, okay, if it's whatever, then come bring bring the noise, right. bring it over here. And they weren't ready for that. That's why they got real angry about things. But um, um, well, I, yeah, then I they think, messed around and got the history album, which history was really like gloves off. He took that glove off. He ain't had the one on to begin with, and y'all made him take it off. So it was just it was just downhill from there. But yeah, I think that um, Jam is definitely Michael saying, "Listen, I'm still a man. I'm still a human. I'm still a black man. Y'all not gonna just do whatever." You know, let me show you kind of who I am. And as I continue to grow, let me show you how I can stretch my art. And I don't think some people were ready for it. Agreed. And Jam was, so this is the middle of the road single. Do you think it was good for him to wait to drop this single? 
So we're talking about almost a year after the album dropped is when Jam dropped. Well, not a year. Seven to eight months after the album dropped, Jam is dropped. Yeah. So this was a good point for him to be like, all right, y'all, <laughs> let's go. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's a good drop. And I think that it, it, it once he incorporated it into the live show, it took Jam mm-hmm. to another level. Like the incorporation of this onto the tour and then on subsequent tours is, oh, wait a minute, did he do it on anything else? He didn't do it on History. Did he do no, it? He, it was his opening song. So yeah, so it was just on dangerous. And, and but man, what an opening track! Like start like if you went to that show, drop drop us a comment on Twitter or Instagram or in our inbox or on at our uh, email, and let us know how it was to see him catapult out that mother stage. Yeah, that nigga jumped out and stood I mean, for fifteen minutes. He stood there, and then when he start when he took them glasses off and the glass shattered. Can you imagine being there? Like. I think Jam is the energy inside Jam. This is my Stairmaster song. Mm, it ain't too you hard. You need some inspiration. When it you ain't too hard for you to jam. Too hard. You got to say it ain't too hard for me. I can yeah. do this. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, but Jam is just, I think it's a good song. I think it was released well. I think mm-hmm. he honestly could have did this for the first one. And I would have been fine with that too. I love this song. I love this track. It just really opens the album with energy. And I do want to say just a little side note, because y'all know I'm a nerd and I'm a, and I'm a wrestling nerd. Chris Jericho actually said that when he saw Michael Jackson pop out of that stage during the dangerous tour and stand there for 15 minutes. And he was able to control the crowd by just turning his head. He said that is where that's where he got his if you guys know the Y2J where he comes out and he puts his arms out uh, in his entrance and then he turns around and he stands there for a minute. That's where he actually got that from watching Michael Jackson. So and that's, you're and welcome. There you have it. There you so have you're welcome. it. I mean, it's icon- whenever you can say you influence people from all genres and all disciplines from you're a musician, but you influence musicians, <laughs> you influence wrestlers, you influence rappers, you influence, uh, you know, artists, you know, visual artists of all kinds. You influence uh, politicians. You got politicians going to jail because they misappropriating funds to buy your mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just kind of hit another uh-uh. level. You got people stealing for you. They ain't stealing for you. They stealing for themselves. But you to know, you are the inspiration you. behind the <laughs> behind the thievery. I mean, you know? Okay. It's All right. Something. And on that note, we are going to head on over to the fifth single released from the Dangerous album, and it is everybody's feel good favorite, "Heal the World." It was released on November twenty third, nineteen ninety two. And in an internet chat with fans back in 2001, Michael Jackson said that Heal the World is a song that he was most proud to have created. It peaked at number 27 on the Billboard Hot 100, and it reached number two in the United Kingdom in December of 1992. Fun fact, it was kept off. It was kept off the number one position in the United Kingdom by Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. That was fair, folks. That, I was going to say, I, I think that's Don't fair. fight it. You got to know <laughs> when to hold. You sure do. Know when, know when to fold them. When to fold them and when to walk she away. Us. She got us, y'all, on that she one. Did. She did. She did. Her and Dolly. Her and Dolly. Oh, Dolly. Her and Dolly. Yeah, they got us. 
they got us. That's okay. Go ahead. Heal the world. So Heal the World was a ballad, as we all know, but it was criticized at the time because people said that it was too similar to We Are the World, which is the song he wrote for the USA for Africa charity um, back in the 80s. So Heal the World, what do you think, user user uh, one? What is what is heal the world as a single? What does what does it mean to you? I want to address the people that say it's too similar to uh, We Are the World. Why can't we have two feel good songs about something good in the world? What's the problem? It does sound nothing alike, and they're both about uplifting humanity and and humanity uh, human beings not treating each other like shit. Both of the songs are about that. And that's Don't too similar. Cuss because we asked I'm sorry, to Tito. come on the show. I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. Um the both of the songs are about people not treating each other like crap. <laughs> like dirt. <laughs> What's the problem, y'all? Y'all just negative. You know what? Some people just negative. You know, you can't make them happy. You could tell them there's cookies in the in the cookies and milk. I mean, cookies and making milk. You could tell them there's cookies and milk in the kitchen and they going to find a reason to turn their raggedy nose up at the cookies. Agreed. So it's like, what you mean? It's too much like whatever. I don't care what you say there. Like, whatever. I get it. Whitney Houston got us. She got us. Okay. But this is a good song. There's a place in your heart. And I know. That it is love. Deborah Cox. Said yep. that line in a way no one else has ever said that line, including Michael. She said, Oh, somebody drop the notes, please. Somebody drop that right there. We're gonna yeah. place it. Yeah, Deborah Cox. I mean, it is a beautiful raw digger. We didn't need it, but I love that she was there. But uh, so many is... people going on in the new world today. They didn't know, I what, know what she said. The transitions <laughs> were terrible, they didn't know what to do with that. But I love raw, but anyway, um. Heal the World is a great song. Didn't Michael say he wrote this in his giving tree? Yes. He, he climbed the on up tree. there. He climbed on up there. Some of y'all need to go sit in the tree and write something. because, And that's why I'm like, you. what have you done to criticize this song? It's too much like uh, We Are the World. Okay. And what's the problem here? Well, clearly they didn't get the message with We right, Are the World. So he didn't write another the first song time. about it. So I think it's a good song. Some people just hating on Michael at this point to hate on Michael. It's a really good song. Like, I feel like if people want someone wanted to redo this song today, matter of fact, on Twitter recently, somebody was typed out the lyrics. You know, there are people dying. If you care enough for the living, make a better place for you. This is a blue tick. And it said Michael Jackson, you know, really said something when he said this. And it's true. You could redo this song today and it could resonate. Um, It still has a power. It is still an anthem beautiful beautiful song so glad he wrote it so glad he recorded it and put it on his album and released it as a single a great song absolutely i mean you know the 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 bridge is my favorite part the dream we were conceived in will reveal a joyful oh the the liquor's getting to me the dream (laughs) we were conceived in will reveal a joyful face you know the world we the world we once can yeah we believed in was shining again and grace and he 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 incorporates so many biblical elements and lyric uh, uh, verses into his song. Um, the, where's the place talking about uh, 
turning laying down swords into, mm-hmm, plowshares. into plowshares. That's mm-hmm. a that's a that's a verse from the Bible. So his faith shows up in his music a lot, and he. I mean, it's it, it is a beautiful song. It was beautifully put together. Every part about it is. To me, this is absolutely one of Michael Jackson's perfect songs. He has a box of songs that are perfect. And to me, Heal the World is is in the box. And there's nothing like hearing a bunch of, like a children's chorus singing Heal the World. It's so beautiful. (laughs) You know, even at the the 10-year anniversary of his passing, when we were at the the mausoleum, forest lawn uh you know i saw the mausoleum and everybody was singing heal the world it was it was a really beautiful moment because you've got all these people who don't know each other who are there for a common purpose and that is to honor the memory of michael jackson singing the song that he loved one of the songs he loved the most i think speechless was was probably a tight number two but heal the world was one of the songs he loved the most. It was just a beautiful moment and a beautiful song and a song about all coming together and, and appreciating each other for who we are and for where we've come from. Michael, this was it. This was it. He, he sang this on tour. I think this was one of the last songs he did. And this was, this sums up who Michael Jackson was as a humanitarian and as a person. And this song is I agree perfectly perfect. Yeah, this is this is one of the ones that this is Michael Jackson's soul in this song. If you want to know um what he cared about the most, if you want to know what was important to him, what he felt his purpose was here on earth, all that's inside of Heal the World. It's a great song and it I don't think there's ever a time I've listened to that song and I didn't feel good after I listened to that song or that it didn't impact me in a positive way. And that's that. So everything he hoped to do in his music is inside heal the world. So uh, great song. Glad it made the album. Glad we got it. It's long long, though. Shout out to Whitney Houston for uh, still in the thunder. Um, (laughs) now listen we can talk about Whitney because she did that right there Dolly wrote something and Whitney did it but um the shout out to both of them the voices the voices absolutely Uh, all right what we got what's next so Next, 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 we go from healing the world to trying to find out who it is. Who is it? Is the number sixth single or released from the Dangerous album. It was released on March 29th, 1993. And the song's lyrics pertain to despair over being left by someone you love. Um, The critics, of course, had to come jump on it. They said that the lyrics were really close in comparison to the lyrics of Billie Jean from Thriller. I think they were just latching on to whatever they could latch on. Um, Two videos were released for this song in 1992. One is the one when Michael's in a hotel and some girl is running around with these business cards and it's a whole bunch of different names on the business cards. Apparently, she was some kind of a call girl. I never knew that. Anyway, and then Michael gets upset and leaves on a helicopter and he's singing in the shadows. Y'all know that video. Okay, and then the second video 
is um it did initially air in the u.s but it was included in dangerous the short films uh film and it is a montage of past music videos and live performances from michael uh, the song peaked at number 14 in the United States on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. And it peaked. How is it higher than Jam? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all figure that part out. That's I'm what I'm sorry. Saying. Who was calling the radio station? Who is it? Is not a better song than Jam. And that video is absolutely horrendous. It, it, which one? <laughs> the first one, the one where he was he got in the helicopter and nobody knew what if was going on. If he needed on. to waste money, he could have put it in my college foundation because I definitely got student loans today. I mean, he could have just put it there because yeah. this I could have I could have the money could have went to better use with me paying off my student loans. Anyway, I just don't like this video at all. No, Michael lurking in the shadows. Man, I, you know, this was a. I mean, he looked good, but this was a bad video. The baseline, I think, is what drives this song. That doom, doom, boom, the beatboxing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is what drives the song. It's a long ass song. Why did let's, he come out with this video? Was this like Sony going? You I don't know who came up with this. This listen, whole video man, concept. You need to real. come out with this video. You got to You owe us another video. I, I mean, the, okay, so let, let's place this. This is March 29th, 1993, obviously recorded prior to then. Um, uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm just, I don't, this is, this is, compared to all the other videos we just talked about, this is lazy. Agreed. Uh-huh. Anyway, this was a bad video. I just, I like, I really like this song. Not my favorite song on the album, but I really like the song. I'm not even mad that he came out with it as a single, but I feel like the song could have been made better with a better video. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think Michael was like, I need it. Remember the time energy for this. Give me something else. Give me something more thought out, more whatever. But, you know, here's the thing. So Michael actually released, so before this was um, Heal the World and Michael actually released a video for Heal the World. Um, But as you see, as the list goes on, the videos get, looser and looser with michael actually being in them like doing something active so like who is it he had he has pieces where he's in it like i said lurking in the shadows he probably taped you know filmed i sound old saying he taped it he probably filmed that uh those sequences like in 15 minutes it was like y'all use it however you can you know the song after this which is will you be there i don't he didn't make a video for it they 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 did some sequences from and we'll get to it in a second but they did just some sequences from his live shows and some bits from the free willy movie that was it michael was like i ain't doing shit else for y'all i'm sorry i'm sorry tito i ain't doing nothing else for y'all because i'm tired so as the list goes down michael's involvement in the videos also goes down i just want us to see that correlation Right, but I also wonder if this also correlates with the accusations that at some point become relevant and his attention being diverted, diverted, you know, necessarily diverted, dealing with what he was dealing with. I wonder if that's a part of it, um, because that's undoubtedly, I'm sure that impacts what we're getting, the products we're getting and the the content that we're getting from them. But I just, uh, you know, Who Is It is actually a really good song. I think what I liked about Who Is It was uh, the highs and lows, you know, it says, 
gave up money. You know, like the yeah. lows. And then when he gets, and it doesn't like it, it, I like the contrast that that is that is showing itself throughout the entire song. Agreed. It's a good song, and but it's then just you have like, that hard baseline with my baseline is great. The, yeah. The pleading, the begging, the hurt inside the sound, like the hurt inside this song. Like, who is it? Is it a friend of mine? Like, that hurt inside, is it my brother? I'm like, who are we talking yeah, about? He got a lot of them. Because so Jermaine be. and Randy already No, 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 no. It, who nope, is it my episode. brother thing on lock? No. Is not it this my episode. brother? <laughs> is that what Jermaine said? Never mind. And then he said, somebody hurt my soul. Um, somebody hurt my soul now. And Who I can't take this stuff no more. I can't more. take it no more. Like, mm. the song is so good. And then the video, it's like, <laughs> throw it away. <laughs> throw it all away. Throw it all away. I throw do not like it. But yes, this makes it. This makes it. I still don't think, I don't, still don't understand how it goes higher than Jam. I think Jam, it should chart, Jam should chart higher for the whole package, for the song and the video. This should, this should, the video should help push it higher. I don't have no idea how this did what it did, but okay. Shout out. See, it must have been some angry people, some people out there who had felt like it was a friend of theirs or their brother. And they, they, you know, it really resonated. It, 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 it almost feels to me like, I don't know if you remember back in the early 2000s when NSYNC's uh, Gone was on 106 in Park and it was on there like every damn day and everybody mm-hmm. loved that song. And yep. it wasn't because it was NSYNC, it was because of the song. Song was right. really good. Yeah. Like and it and I think that maybe this is the, I mean cuz like that video wasn't anything that would make you be like oh this is a great video. The song was great. No. I think this Justin is Justin Timberlake's falsetto thing. was like ooh. Right. And I think this is kind Baby. of the same thing. When you got yeah. people from all over the world who can relate to heartbreak because that's what this song is about. I think that somehow pushes it further up the charts than jam when like i said earlier a lot of times you didn't know what michael was saying you know unless you were actually listening or y'all stole from jam <laughs> period uh, well the cat's out of the bag the number seven <laughs> song has already been revealed but you guys knew it anyway it is will you be there released june 28th 1993 and the song gained recognition for its appearance on the soundtrack of the film free willy if you haven't seen free willy it's about a orca whale who was freed by a little white boy? I thought it was a killer whale. Was it a killer? A whale. Black and white. What's the black and white ones? I thought it was an orca. No. Maybe it was a killer Willie whale. Was Willie was a killer. Anyway, Willie was the I whale, think. in case y'all didn't know it. So, under the title, Will You Be There? Theme from Free Willie. It is clearly the main theme from the movie. And it's included in the album, All Time Greatest Movie Songs. It peaked at number seven on the Billboard Hot 100, selling a million copies and earning a platinum certification. Outside of the U.S., it peaked within the top 10 uh, of the charts in Belgium, Canada, Netherlands, New Zealand, Republic of Ireland, Switzerland, and the United Kingdom. Mm -hmm. The album version uh, of the song includes a prelude, including the Cleveland Orchestra, and the Cleveland Orchestra Chorus performing a portion of Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. So Michael actually sampled Beethoven. And the segment is from the fourth movement and is a lesser known portion of the famous Ode to Joy. The classical introduction is then followed by a chorale interlude arranged by Andre and Sandra Crouch. God rest them. Mm. Well, Sandra's still here, ain't she? Don't put her in the ground. 
God bless them then. And the Andre Crouch singers are heard throughout the rest of the song as well. You not to kill people who still alive. I ain't trying to kill you, Miss Sandra. I'm so sorry. At the end, Jackson recites a poem, and that's actually my favorite part of the song. Um, and the outro was featured in his book, Dancing the Dream. And that, what, that what, poem is really the favorite, favorite part of the song. Let me pause here because I want to say something. This is a mm-hmm. personal story. Go ahead. When Michael died... I tore up, tore up, tore down. Had to turn my phone off. Everybody was calling me. You would thought that man was my husband the way folks was calling me. <laughs> I had turned the phone off. It was very, very dark. And in that day was dark. I got a bad feeling that day. And I didn't know why. And my mom called me and told me that he was being rushed to the hospital. And she said, oh, he's going to be okay. Now, you have to remember, this is 2009, and we were all, like, losing our crap, Tito. Thank you. Over Michael going on tour. We all wanted a ticket to that show. If you were in America, there was no guarantees he was bringing his black ass back here. Because y'all ain't treat him good. Mm-hmm. So... We were like, we got to get to the O2. The tickets. We stayed up all night. Am I wrong? No, we stayed up all night. We, we stayed up all master. night mm-hmm. to get tickets. You couldn't. It was like, I had a friend who got one. God bless her. She got one. It was impossible to get one. And then by the time the resale happened, they were so expensive. Now, mind you, in 2009, we were in our early 20s. We did not. We couldn't afford this. We were we in were college. Poor. We couldn't afford pool. this. Like, so it was like, man, if it wasn't a reasonable amount or semi-reasonable, we just could not go. And we would just deflate it. But we were hopeful that, you know, if the, the O2 shows went well, he would maybe come to America. Anyway, um, when Michael died, I went home. And on my way home, I was playing some songs. And this song came on. And it just hit me in a different way when this song came on. And because, again, this is another song of Michael's spirit, his soul, who he was as a person is in this song. It's trapped in this song. That's what he wanted to live forever through his music. This is one of the songs that helped him do that. And this is such a beautiful song. I'm so glad he found Andre Crouch again. There's something about a Black gospel sound. There's nothing else. There is nothing else on this earth. There's nothing else in music that sounds like black gospel, that sounds like black gospel music. And Michael injecting that into his music and then sharing it to the world with people who have no idea what that is, Mm -hmm. is beautiful. It really is. It is beautiful. This is one of his most beautiful songs to me. And it is one of my favorite songs mm-hmm. and um, from Michael Jackson. And um, Richard Smallwood uh, ended up doing the uh, duet with uh, Patti LaBelle uh, at the Jackson Family Honors when they did this uh, song. And they had the choir out. And it is just a beautiful, absolutely gorgeous, per- another, it goes into the perfect box, a perfect song. Agreed. This is the song that will bring tears to my eyes every mm-hmm. single time I hear it. And, you know, I remember when my best friend was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer. And I, I text her the poem at the end of this song. 
because it really talks about being there and, you know, no matter what. And this is just perfect. Hands down. I I hate to repeat what you said, but hands down, this is a perfect song. Mm -hmm. Um, Even with the, I call it the angel singing in the front. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sing it I mean because it's a long intro you know you we on the cd player I had it perfectly timed to where I knew where to stop skipping so that we yeah, can get to the song to start it and then when was that what was that uh live performance he did with the angel girl oh he did that on tour oh. and that was in one of the videos that was just oh um, beautiful yeah because there were two different videos beautiful. for this song the official video had the um scenes from the dangerous world tour and scenes from free willy the second one um was the 10th mtv's 10th anniversary special performance uh of of him doing this live so i mean michael knew how to pull at your little heartstrings but it was so authentic because you know he meant it. I mean, the opening lines hold me like the River Jordan. And I will then say to thee, you are my friend. I mean, it just, it just you, you just cry from there. You know what I mean? He's, you know, carry me like you were my brother. Love me like a mother. Will you be there? And then at the end, in our darkest hour, our deepest despair, will you still care? Will you, will, will you be there? I mean, this is just, I love this song. He probably should have led with this one, but I understand it was supposed to coincide with the Free Willy soundtrack, which actually Michael hadn't seen the pre-screening uh, of this, of that movie. So he didn't, he didn't write this song for the movie, but the producers wanted to include a song of his in the movie. And this just happened to be it. I mean, it's a great song. And just talking about how it performed on the charts, it didn't go number one anywhere. However, it was number three. It did reach number three on the U.S. mainstream top part, top 40 billboard. Um, It also got to number seven on the billboard hot 100, number five on the uh, U.S. adult contemporary billboard charts. And it, it was much further down. In the uh, R&B hip hop songs, it was number 53. That's because it's not an R&B hip hop song. Like, so the idea that it even charted is kind of right. good, you know, because it's, that's not even what it is. Um, um, it also charted pretty high in Belgium, in Canada, in Finland, in Germany, in Ireland, in the Netherlands, in New Zealand. I'm always amazed to think of this american black artist charting in this way so um you know it, it it's 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 a good thing it, but i mean it's a great song just you know didn't hit number one anywhere but it's still a really great song okay hold on i need to go get my um charger because it's gonna die my phone go, my uh my computer gonna die hold on okay all right All right. So we said we weren't going to do it, but we're going to do it anyway. So we just went through the seven singles that were released in the United States. And we would be remiss if we did not at least mention the last two singles from the album that were released overseas. And that is Given to Me and Gone Too Soon. So Given to Me was a single that was released in Europe, Australia, and New Zealand only. And it's a hard rock ballad that featured... Our favorite man in leather, or one of them, Guns N' Roses guitarist Slash. Gone Too Soon was released on December 1st, 1993, which is World AIDS Day, and was the last single from the Dangerous album. 
His version of Gone Too Soon, because it has been recorded by other artists previously, was dedicated to the memory of Michael's friend, Ryan White, who passed away tragically from AIDS. So, user one, what are your thoughts on giving to me and Gone Too Soon? Do you wish they were released in the U.S.? Not given to me. I'm I, that's a hard pass for me. I don't really like that song at all. Um he I like the video. He looked really good. Like I like the like visually, yeah. I like the he way did. he looked in the video. He yeah. Did. And then again, mm-hmm. you know, slash or whatever. So I liked visually the video, but not the song. It's a hard pass for me. I don't really get into giving to me, and maybe I need to, uh, but and maybe I can get into it now. I've never really liked the song. So I'm cool with passing on that one. Now, Gone Too Soon, I wish was released in the United States for the reason of World AIDS Day. Um, again, I think it's so important. Artists who, um, I think it's the thing that people say sometimes is a difference between an entertainer and an artist. I think Michael definitely checks both boxes hard. He he can be an entertainer, but he's certainly an artist that goes beyond simply just entertaining, leaving something more than just an entertainment legacy, something that means something substantively. And I think him giving this real big uh, acknowledgement and shout out to the life and uh, of Ryan White, who was a young um, man who... I believe Ryan White's story was that he was. I think it was a hemophiliac and he needed a blood transfusion. This is before they understood how. How, So lots of young people and children ended up having HIV because of blood transfusions. Nothing that they did. And um, Michael was such a champion in supporting this young man uh, and supporting awareness and education so i've really like gone too soon and so i like the idea behind it and i think michael sounds really good on the song it's a beautiful song again and dangerous is full of gems that you don't get on any other album as far as the feeling you get from the songs and i think gone too soon is one of those songs you get a particular feeling that's very poignant and you feel like you could almost touch michael jackson through the song Right. So that's one I would want it. Uh, they can keep giving to me. I don't. I don't. I'm good. Mm-hmm. That's just me. Yeah, give it to me. Just gives me. I mean, I think Michael was trying to show his range as an artist on giving to me. It doesn't bother me. I don't like go out of my way to play that song on on you know on this album. But you know, if it comes on, I don't skip it. <laughs> so it's not awful. Gone too see, soon. Yeah, I would skip it. See, that's me. I, yeah, see, I, I would no, probably I, skip, I it. skip it. I just mm-hmm. wouldn't like, you know, if I was gonna skip around and just pick certain songs to put in the queue, it wouldn't be that wouldn't be one of them. But it, it, I don't hate it. Like I know all the words, and and I don't mind, you know. And you got slash. Uh, we talked about slash anyway. Um, Gone too soon is a really good song. It's it it make it makes me cry it's another one that makes me cry because you could feel michael's pain in the song and and so it's it's definitely a beautiful song i don't know if released as a single i feel like you know it's kind of it's heavy 
you know? And so I don't know if releasing it as a single would have been the best move, which is probably why it wasn't released here. And I'm sure he wanted to do something for World AIDS Day. um, And that was his contribution. And and I think it was beautiful. But I don't know if the United States, the people here would have received it um, the way that Michael really wanted it to be received. But I think that's where it goes back to what I was saying about artists versus entertainers. Artists give you the range of human emotion and experience. And I think Gone Too Soon kind of is hitting on that because we can, I know, I know I've thought of this song when thinking about people that I've lost or Mm -hmm. um, people no longer here that have really gone too soon. Not even people who live these full lives, people who, you know, shiny and sparkly, splendidly bright here one day, gone one night, you know, that group um, that it is hard to understand and somehow music helps soothe that that feeling. And I think that is a part of what makes him this fantastic artist that we get this range of human emotions, not just anger or joy, but sorrow and grief and really trying to contextualize that and putting it into something that helps soothe you. And to me, that is uh, gone to since I wish we could have gotten this in the U.S., but I'm glad it's out there. I'm glad it's out there, period. And I'm glad that Ryan White's story continues to be told. People continue to learn because Michael Jackson uh, befriended him and decided that it was important to talk about these issues. So, absolutely, absolutely. Well, we said we weren't going to do it, but we did it. We had to get people what they want. And last question before we get into the accolades that. Michael received for the Dangerous album. So what is your, out of this list that we just listed, you can include uh, Given to Me and Gone Too Soon. What's your favorite single that was released? And then what's your favorite song from the album? It doesn't have to be a single. Or are they one and the same? They might be the same. Um, I think my favorite single is remember the time. I think that that's easily it for me. And then I think my favorite song from the album. Um, between probably remember the time and in the closet. And I would also like to give them an honorable mention to. Um, number six. The number six track or the number six single? Number six song on the album, which is Can't Let Her Get Away. Escaping my mind right now. Yeah, Can't Let Her Get Away. And I'll tell you why. It's a good song, but also since I seen Marlon do it. (laughs) That's a gem. Marlon did it though. He did it down in Morgan's Mm -hmm. set because he showed up to the show. That's Mm. a gem. That's a gem. Jermaine was sick, and that but that's a gem. (sighs) And um can't let it get away, but I think it's just an honorable mention. And I liked a lot of the James Brown suggestive sort of grunts and um, phrasing in that song. The and, and I think it's just a good New Jack Swing sort of feel. Mm-hmm. But my favorite songs probably Remember the Time and then In the Closet is a, a number two. And then probably a strong number three is Will You Be There? Mm. Yeah, so my favorite single is definitely Will You Be There. Um, I could listen to that back to back to back um, any day of the week. My favorite song that wasn't a single. Oh, 
it's tough because this is a really good album. I really like Keep the Faith, and I know that's some, you know, some people don't like it, but it gives me Jackson vibes every single, I mean, Jackson, I'm sorry, gospel vibes every single time. It takes me to church when I don't want to go, but it takes me anyway. And I love that song um, because it's so uplifting. And if I had to honorably mention something, I would definitely say, remember the time, why you want to trip on me? The actual track, Dangerous, just because Michael did that little rap thing. And, you know, I never knew, but I was cussing tonight. Like, I mean, he gave us <laughs> something we ain't never heard before. Yeah. I mean, it, this this album is great, honestly. The whole album is, is great. They're... There aren't too many songs that you're just like, yeah, I could leave that. You yeah, know? what would you throw away if you, okay, the 14 tracks on Dangerous. What's the one song you're like, Michael, throw this one away. Let's go to 13 tracks. We're good. Mm. Just chalk it. Don't worry about what the fans going to say. They attack okay, everybody. Well, I love y'all, but you know, MJ y'all fam go after everybody. Right. Y'all, it can't um, make y'all happy. No wait way. Wait a minute. <laughs> deservedly <laughs> and sometimes you're doing too much but deservedly mostly but if you had to throw one song on and say you know what I, I, it's gonna be she drives me wild that's i really that's the truth no that's that's the song. truth that's the truth Ruth. sorry get her sorry. attack her see mj fam see, get her you see this is why get people her. can't be honest with y'all because Stick y'all her. are angry people get her and get it's her. not it shouldn't be that way y'all know where she at, at rena latoya <laughs> find her get her get her <laughs> Get her. That's a wrong answer. And wrong. What's your throwaway song? Clearly, it's the one I told you was terrible. But give it to me. It's a good yes. song. <laughs> it's and clearly Michael liked it because he wanted it to be a single. He also liked the Lost Children. Okay, we have everybody yeah, agrees like, that that's okay. not a good choice. No, I'm not gonna let you fans agree that that wasn't a good choice. I'm not gonna let you fans do this to me. He didn't make all the right choices on his song selection. He ain't. He won't. God, he didn't always make the right choices. That's a bad choice. <sighs> okay, whatever. Y'all fight me. Whatever. Go ahead. I guess you're going to add me to Add me to them. But get her they're first. They're going to add everybody. Don't get add me first. because y'all told me get that this first. is a safe place. And now it's, it's not. not. It's not, not safe. safe. It's See, not safe. I trust y'all. Nope. Listen. Nope. Fans, let's talk about the awards that Dangerous received. And then we are going to take this baby home. Okay. Dangerous received four Grammy Award noms, including three for Michael which were best pop vocal performance for black and white and best R&B vocal performance and best R&B song for jam, which is interesting because jam didn't chart that high, but anyway, right, but we all didn't know give that it to gr- remember the time. It's anyway, a setup. It's a flex, whatever. Teddy and Bruce won for best engineered album, non-classical and Michael Jackson received the Grammy legend award at the same ceremony. If we all remember that ceremony, that was when he had that beautiful white pearl jacket on his hair was blown out with the curls on the end with a little bump on the ends. And Janet gave him that award with her braids in her hair. And that white jacket on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had that white pearl jacket on. He looked great. And that's the one they said they buried him in. Mm-hmm. A mm-hmm. replica. Cause they couldn't find that Jack that jacket. Cause Michael used to give shit give stuff away he gave it away to somebody he's just a blessing he was a blessing go ahead mm-hmm. it's a fellowship michael won two awards and received five nominations at the 1993 american music awards dangerous one for the favorite pop rock album and remember the time one for favorite soul and r&b song 
And that same year, the inaugural inaugural International Artist Award went to Michael. And that's on period. The first International Artist Award. Because he he is. That Michael Jackson Vanguard Award. Everything came from Michael. Come on, That's why I really be confused when people try to compare anyone. It doesn't even matter to Michael Jackson. And it's almost like you need to just celebrate them, the, the, the artists you love for what they've accomplished, but understand that there was a blueprint before them, just like there was a blueprint before Michael. And that because of those people, Michael could go a little further, a lot further. He didn't mm-hmm. do it by himself and neither did your favorite artist, you know, whoever that is. So I don't get into those arguments or whatever, because it's really silly. And it's also like, do they pay you or something for this? Because this is crazy. You could be out here. I don't know, making, doing some moves on your own while you sitting here defending whomever. And they didn't even ask you for that. But anyway, I think that Michael just has a a reach that is almost unbelievable that a human one person could do this um and you know international artists greatest artists of all time highest selling artists all these other things who knew you know what could come out of gary indiana uh gary indiana and um he just did the thing. So yeah, but they 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 played dangerous a little bit. They needed to give it a little. It definitely they deserved did, and they put some a respect Grammy. on it, for sure. I don't. I think I think bad deserved Grammys more than dangerous deserved Grammys. That's me. Really? Yeah. I mean, but because hmm. I got, I really got to look at all the people in the categories for this. We went through what happened with bad, and they were disrespectful. They were disrespectful for bad. They also were disrespectful in uh, history. They they were disrespectful, really, on everything except for a thriller. Let's 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 just be real. They were disrespectful they said they gave him the wall. I think that's why they said they gave him enough. They were like, we can give him no more. Hmm. But anyway, keep going. So Michael won a whole plethora of other awards: best R and B soul album, uh, male. Uh, I'm sorry, best R and B album of the year for a male, best R and B soul single for a male for Remember the Time. Uh, he won a humanitarian award at the Soul Train Music Awards at the NAACP Image Awards. Black or White won for Outstanding Music Video. Michael Jackson won Entertainer of the Year that year. In 1994, the MTV Movie Awards, Will You Be There, won Best Song from a, a Movie. And in the 1992 Billboard Music Awards, Michael won Best Worldwide Album for Dangerous and Best Worldwide Single for Black or White. Now, listen. I don't care what the critics said. These awards say that this was a a great album. And Michael, unfortunately, at this point, got to the point where they put him on the pedestal and they were ready to bring him down. And so I love this album. I think a lot of fans love this album because like user one said, this was a turning point where Michael was like, I ain't going to give y'all bubblegum Skittles and raindrops no more. I'm going to tell y'all what's really happening and how I really feel. And y'all not going to play me like I ain't been around for years. This is a grown man. He's a grown He won't go ABC man. one, two, three, y'all no more. You had that already. And you can re- rewind it back if you want to listen to it. He gave you something different. And all the all the awards were deserved. All the accolades were justified and they still cheated him out of some things that he deserved to have. So dangerous, I think was definitely underappreciated in its time, more appreciated now, kind of sort of like 
the same that happens with history. History is more appreciated now than it was when it came out. Um, and it, it, it received just like dangerous received some unfair criticisms, um, sometimes laced in racism in America, uh, with some of those criticisms, uh, that speak really loudly. Now we can recognize them. And honestly, people recognized it at the time, but a great effort, 30 years, dangerous Michael Jackson came out with, uh, dangerous 30 years ago this year. And it is a, uh, a standard. It is an album that people listen to to draw inspiration. That artists look to to figure out how they can elevate themselves. Michael Jackson is still the king of pop. This album assures you of that. Once again, absolutely dangerous. Three dash O, and we are going to close out. Dangerous. Dang- if he gonna do it, why are you doing it? Because I sound good. Okay. No. All right. If he's gonna do it, why are you doing it? Anyway, thank you all so much for listening go to, to another episode. Go lay down. Go uh, lay down. Go lay down. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Black Jackson Estate Podcast. Remember, wear your mask, stay six feet away still, get your vaccine and your booster, and we will see you next time around. Happy gobble day. Eat some turkey for me. Some ham. Beans, Beans, greens, green, potatoes. potatoes bye bye. Bye bye. Today, we stand together all around the world, joined in a common purpose to remake the planet into a haven of joy and understanding and goodness. No one should have to suffer, especially our children. This time, we must succeed. This is for the children of the world.